And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Back for another outstanding edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We have the real punk, Josh Thompson, myself, and Gian, not Dave, Gian, on the controls. Because Podcast Dave is on an extended vacation. Jesus, so Because long. obviously we pay him way too much. Mm-hmm. And he's got all that time to go party with people. But good for him. I hope he has fun. We got a lot to talk about. We had the last fight of the year for Bellator with Bellator 254 and a changing of the title with Alimale McFarlane losing to Juliana Velasquez. We also have to talk about Magomed Magomedov. What a demonstration he put on of domination. And then we had an outstanding UFC pay-per-view. I always I always worry with the pay-per-views because you're paying for it. So if it sucks, then you got ripped. But you did not. It was fantastic. Just about every fight delivered. And the main event was fucking fire. So that was a incredible. And it ended. Oh, it's always the ones that are freaking phenomenal that end. In a draw, and I called it. Boom. Yes, you did. So, how you doing, Bubba? John always liking to toot his own horn. Jeez. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not tooting. Not tooting. Uh, uh, it was just good. It was absolutely a good fucking Count Basie blasting that some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what do you want to talk first? You want to talk uh, Bellator? I want to talk about have you survived the Packy Chip <clears throat> Challenge? Yeah, yeah I've, I got through it that night. The okay. next day, um, you know, I had a little fire <laughs> coming through, but it wasn't that's as... Johnny, that, that's a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, that shit it wasn't... Burning ring of fire. That shit wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but the chip itself that night was good. Uh, it sucked for a while. It, what it was, I, like I said, I went through the, the hot mouths part twice. And you went through it once. That was the shittiest part of it all. Like, you know, that is, that is not fair. Yeah. That's what sucked. Like I purposely, I was trying to explain, I purposely tried to, to avoid the chip touching my lips when I put it in the first time. Then when I threw it up an hour later on the show, when I threw it up, it like the, it touched my lips and my lips for like another 30 minutes after kind of swelled up a little bit. And I had like the burning on the inside and the sides there. Oh, it fucking hurt so bad. You know, like when you, uh, you, you know, like your lips it. get chapped and they get, they crack on the edges. That's oh, yeah. how it felt the whole time. My lips kind of <laughs> swelled too. I look like fucking some of these actresses with Botox. It was, it was all so, fucked up. So it was basically Courtney the Cox, the two chip challenge for you, right? Yeah, it was the double chip challenge, man. Oh, no. Man, but that I was mean, good. You, you know what? You're a good sport. You went through it. It was fun. So now the well, next come, challenge will be Josh's come up with challenge. Something else. There yes, you go. The next, the next challenge, challenge is yours. My challenge is going to be something fun, though. Not fucking sticking, a, <laughs> not fucking torturing not myself. Sticking a damn torture. Yeah, mouth. it was horrible. <laughs> oh man, hey, we got a lot of news to talk about. There's tons of things to talk about. Uh, Dana White and the COVID testing costing 17 million. Some of the responses from guys, people like Nate Quarry and Leslie Smith, and um, you know what else, John? There was some other stuff that we had talked about as well. The, I mean, shit, Kevin Holland and I look fucking phenomenal. Let's just jump oh! right into the UFC. Let's jump right into the yeah, UFC because we just, it's fresh on our minds. And, uh, well, let's start from the beginning. Yes. Let's, start, well, you know, look, let's go from, yeah, let's go from the first fight up. Yes. Yeah. So Chase Hooper was the first fight 
against Peter Barrett mm -hmm. from uh, Sityatong back in Massachusetts. And, you know, I, I give I, I give Chase Hooper a ton of credit. The kid is just, he's a tough kid. But if I was, you know, in his manager or his trainer, I wouldn't let him fight for a while. I was ju to, <laughs> just about to say that. Got to get better in that stand-up. He is a one-dimensional fighter right now. This is not a one-dimensional fighter sport that does well. You've got to be good everywhere. He's not good at takedowns. They're limited. His submission game is fantastic, and his stand-up game is fucking sucks. Yeah. Now, and I'm not saying he's he's 21 years old, so I take you know, I understand, but he has got to learn how to throw a variety of kicks. He's throwing side kicks and things, but most of that was to keep someone off of him mm -hmm. for a little bit. I just look and say, man, this kid, he needs to get in the gym and have someone teach him how to properly utilize that huge length he has, you know, in that class because he's going to get guys that are just going to beat him up that he cannot take down. You know, nothing against, you know, I want to say Barrett, but he fell into an Imanari role twice. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can understand you getting caught by an Imanari role. It happens. Okay. Not the second time yeah it shouldn't okay it should never happen the second time in the fight and it did and again great job by you know chase hooper to pull out the win but damn he needs to spend time working on the other aspects of the game besides the submission because he look he's good and he can beat people but he's not beating you know the 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 names of that you know weight class he's not beating the upper levels he's beating the lower levels and barely getting by because Barrett, you know, Barrett was winning that fight. So, you know, he needs to spend some time in the gym learning. Yeah. I tip my hat to him for pulling it through, but the, I, oh, agree, yeah. with, I agree with you hundred percent. He is, he shouldn't even be on the roster. I, unfortunately no. he shouldn't be on the roster as much as I say he got the win tonight, but he shouldn't be there. He is a, like you said, extremely one dimensional. He's still a kid. You can yeah, tell he's he's, he has not. It almost seems. And please, Chase Hooper, don't take this the wrong way. I feel like when I look at you, you haven't hit puberty yet. You know, it really it comes <laughs> down. Well. To, you physically do not look strong. I don't think no. you are physically strong. You no. um you have not learned to stand up and, and how to use it. Um, a guy of his length, his size, all those things. He's got to be looking at guys that fight the way that he should be fighting. A semi shilt. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Stefan Struve. Stefan Struve. Yeah, like you've got to be looking at guys like that, um, to start thinking about how you can utilize your stand up without putting yourself in a lot of jeopardy. So people want to take you down. Like honestly, I think maybe you should even go to to one of our guys in uh, in uh, not Horiguchi, but uh, he was just supposed to fight this weekend. Oh fuck, Yamauchi. Oh, you got to go look at Yamauchi. Like he makes guys take him down because he has an awkward style of stand up. Your yep. style of stand up, is, I don't even know what it is. It's not a style of stand up. Not it's, a style. Don't get me wrong. Look, I tip my hat. Like I said, I tip my hat to you the fact that you were able to pull it out tonight, but you were getting your ass kicked up until then. And, yeah. And I'm just being 100% upfront and honest. It goes, it goes to show. Look, the kid's got to set a ball. Yes, he does. No doubt about it, man. And I, and I love the fact that you don't give in. You keep on going after it. And you are phenomenal in your submission game but son you're not going to make it in this no. sport with that one-dimensional aspect and it and you it doesn't help you to get beat early on in your career because you are one-dimensional so take away that one and you can t ufc you'll hold on you, they would love to hold on you to you 
They've, oh, you, yeah, you showed absolutely. tonight that you're you're that you are someone that can fight through adversity. They'd be like, you know what? Give you six months, eight months yeah. to go home we'll your, your hone time. your skills a little bit. For sure, we don't want to let you go at 21 years old. Hell no. Hell no. Have you not seen what they're doing? They're getting rid of all the fucking fat, and the fat is old people. That's what they're doing. They're trying to build the young stars. <laughs> hey, what's the old people? Hey, 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 I'm one of them. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them. So you know that they they know what they're doing. The UFC knows what they're doing. Bellator's been doing it for a while in terms of trying to build up their their younger roster as well ufc is making that that's what's going on right now with the COVID situation there's no fans to pay the big stars and what they're doing is they're getting rid of all the excess fat and the fat is the excess fat is old people which we'll get into later because you and i have kind of a same similar view that you have brought up and i was like you know what i could see that happening we'll talk about that chase hooper i think that he needs to go and take six to eight months nine months and develop a little bit of muscle and yeah. develop some stand-up you know, yeah. get yourself, you know, and develop a style that is something that fits your body length and your and your reach, your range and all those things, because that is something that's going to make people want to get in close to you, which makes it easier for you to clinch them and take them down. So I agree with you 100 percent. Peter Barrett just he blew it, man. He was one of the fights, was dominating the fight. Shit like that happens. But it shouldn't have happened to you, like you said, twice where you got hit with them in our roll. Come on, no. son. Come on. Come on. So, uh... um. You know, my, my MMA crush is Tisa Torres. And so uh, <laughs> I like to I like to throw that out there. She's a sweetheart. She's man. a sweetheart. She's a little savage, man. And she came yep. out tonight. I love her sense of confidence. Uh, the Angela Hill fight sucks that she that, that fight didn't happen because I wanted to see that yeah. fight, of course. But yep. this is what this is what the top level of girls that at that way or or any fighter, when you're a top level fighter, you should be dispatching of the ones that get put in there like that. And she did exactly that. Great performance. Um, you know, I was a little suspect on the fact that her corners basically threw in the towel. I think they knew that she wasn't going to have much after that. It was well, kind of smart. Off, you know, I love DC. DC's making comments like, Dan, the corner said we're stopping the fight. It wasn't the ref. Okay. It wasn't the ref. And <laughs> or it the was doctor. The, the, ref, the ref brought the doctor to look at her, but the corner stopped the fight. Yeah. So it, didn't, it wasn't anything about her saying, I can't see. She said it to her corner. Yeah. It, and hoping that the, the corner would say, Okay, can you work through it? Didn't even say that. Nope, she yeah. can't fight. Yeah, she can't fight. She's done. Fuck? Actually, has her turn around and look at the other trainer yeah. on the outside. Goes, look at her eye. Right? Oh, she can't. We're done. So, like, what and are you then, doing? That's fine. She, like, it was only going to get worse. Yeah, I know, but didn't even ask. The, didn't even ask the. Didn't even ask the fighter if that's my coach. I'm literally telling you, I'm done with you. I'm moving on to okay. somebody else. And not, not look. I'm sure the fight. I'm sure the coach is like looking out for her best interest, but I would yeah. still went out there and sent her out there first. Hey, let me see what you can okay, give me. Let, give me two minutes. Let me ask you this. Yes. What did you see in the first round? I mean, you know. No, 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 no. What did you see? No. I didn't see much. I didn't see Are much you, from her. You did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't Tisha, see much. Tisha, yeah. Tisha, Tisha was, was on her point. up. Yeah, Tisha. Lighten her up. Tisha Take became everything. She, Tisha was the smaller one, but she became the bully. She was just oh. fucking bullying her around. So I was like, now, that's now my that, boo. That's my now boo. Now that she's compromised, <laughs> how how is it going to get better? It's oh, not shit. better. And it was a last minute fight for her. She walked in there. She gave it her best. Hey, get her out of there. It's fine. Yeah. But the loss isn't going to matter. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tisha looked good. I think, she, you know, obviously she was really definitely good. prepared for the Angela Hill fight. And uh, this was uh, and nothing against Sam, but it was a step down in competition. Sure it was. You know, so. Yeah. Um, the Gavin, Gavin Tucker against Billy Quarantillo, who I really like. Yeah, I told you, I said Gavin Tucker is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy had his moments. It just was never enough. It was, it was a good fight though. It was a good, but he was always a step behind. Just didn't have enough power. You, you know, 
Gavin was he, touching he him left a, and right. He met a guy who yep. technically could take pressure yep. and deliver strikes that were hurting, but were who, causing damage. I don't know what the game plan was. Billy thought that he was going to get tired. Did you, like, was there other footage of him, of, of Gavin getting tired? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I hadn't seen yes. that. He, is, he had gotten, he is trying to remember what fight it was that he got tired in, but he, it was a tough fight. He was going back and forth, but he got tired. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good technical fighter. Yeah, he was he, good. And he, he's good everywhere. He's good everywhere. He's the, on the back, is, the grappling. This is what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, his grappling's outstanding. His stand-up is sharp. It's yeah. crisp. He moves well. Did you see some of the angles he was yeah. cutting? I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, dominant but, performance, too. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, This, uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. Fazeev? Fazeev? Yeah. Fazeev? He's however you want to say it. He's, he's good he's nasty good he's nasty good <laughs> now i mean like i'm not trying to take anything away from him the fight was probably going to end but it was an early stoppage yeah i mean look uh, uh yeah I, I i'll agree with you but if you if you watch the way that moicano fell mm -hmm. when he gets hit yeah. he is hit with the right and then the left and you watch his hands are in a position where he's falling back and they're not doing anything yeah. to brace his fall all right, which is telling you he's short-circuited, mm -hmm. all right? There's nothing there. He hits the ground, and he's still kind of there. And when Fazeev goes and hits him, it wakes him up. Mm -hmm. And right then, the ref is stopping it. So when you're the ref, you're seeing that he's on the ground, and he's, he gets hit. There's no response to defend against at all. You're coming in. Now he gets hit. You're coming in. You, you're stopping that second blow, and now he wakes up off of that blow, which is something, you know, Long ago, we used to talk to doctors, and they go, "That cannot happen." Bullshit happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so, once you've made up your mind as the referee, you know it's made up. You you've got to make that choice, and and it was the right choice to make when he's making it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I could see what you're saying. Once that shot hits, you can look and say, "Well, Mike Moicano is back," but it was too late. This is a this is a typical. If you guys are at home listening to this. This is a typical learning moment for all you fans at home as well. Like it's a split second for a ref to make a decision. He made the decision at the time and it was the right decision. But yep. by the time the ref got in there, it was the wrong decision because exactly. Moikana had already grabbed the arms and tried to work his guard and was already trying to attack. Look, he was trying to attack. Now look, well, he was still kind of fucked up because he tried oh, to stand yeah. up and, and, he, and it would, and it would have gotten ugly, mm -hmm. but you would, you would like to give him that chance if he was in that position after he got hit when he was on the ground and actually woke back up. You'd like to give him that chance, but the decision decision had already been made by yeah. the referee and he had come in. So it's an understandable stoppage. Yeah, if you're going to look at it and say what's perfect, but we, you know, I can name a ton that are exactly like that where the referee makes the right decision. And as he's coming in, that last shot hits and it wakes the guy right up. And you go, and everyone's like, oh, no, take a look. Yeah. Look at the way he is. There's the decision. Now he gets hit. Now you have the problem. Yeah, that's kind of how I look about the Patricio Pitbull and Chandler fight. Chandler was knocked the fuck out, and then Patricio hits him four more times in the back of the head. He's still out, and then finally he wakes up on the last punch, and the ref had already stopped, <laughs> stopped it. it. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at that fight. That's close. <laughs> it's close. close. Um, Cub looked great. He God, was, he looked good. He was taking was some nasty leg kicks, though. I was like, ooh. He was in the beginning. I was like, especially on that bad knee. I'm like, yeah. Ah. But yeah, yeah and look, Daniel Pineda is good. 
Mm-hmm. He's a tough dude. He's been all over the place. He's fought for everyone. You know, he's been in and out of different organizations. But he's a tough dude. You know, he's a good fighter. But I thought that he was he was trying to knock Cub's block off. He was trying to do big damage to Cub, and it's like, do do the damage over time, man. Just touch him. Have you not seen any of Cub's fights? Yeah, exactly. That's you know, and that's the whole point. You know, except for Aldo back yeah. when you know in the WEC, people just didn't put Cub out. Yeah. I, I, I think w, WEC had Aldo, and he might have had Jens. Well, I can't remember if he fought Jens, but the, but overall, man, especially in the UFC, he's had some wars, and he does yeah. not go away. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get submitted. He got submitted by Ortega and stuff like, but. Here's a guy, you know he's going to be there, so just, hey, touch, you know, every now and then if you can load up, but don't load up, and he was out of position on a lot of it, and he started getting tagged with counters, and Cub did a great job of just staying relaxed, fighting through a lot of it, and then opening up when he could. Um, really did a nice job. That was a big win for him. He looked good. My take on Daniel Pineda is that he read his own articles because he came Maybe. out like he was going to dominate and do this. He had that that swagger of cockiness to him. Which is fine, I understand, but as the yeah, fight he, as, go ahead. He beat he beat Herbert Burns. Okay? I know, and and, and there I'm not saying that's no. not good. Herbert's, Herbert's good. a good good. And you know, came out of one. Mm-hmm. He's a good fighter. He's got great ground game, but he's limited in the stand up to a point, and that's where you beat him up. And then on the ground, you know, when you're beat up, I don't care who you are, mm-hmm. your, the submissions aren't going to come. Your black belt turns very quickly dull and white quickly (laughs) you know that's just happens but i don't care who you beat yeah before the guy stepping in now is your problem different level yeah not that not not that herbert's good i I actually enjoy watching his fights i called one or two of his fights when i was working for one doing commentary for them he's good He's yeah, very talented. He he's good. He's obviously comes from a, a good family who's very talented as well with uh, Gilbert Burns. So he's good. The thing is, is when you start reading your own press, it starts working against you. And I got that sense of cockiness when he was in there. He just had that smile, that swagger, that, you know, and there was a lot of like smiling back and forth as Cub had, Cub had hit him or he had kicked Cub. And it was just, okay. But then as Cub put the more pressure and just stayed composed, being the veteran that he is, you saw Pineda just get a little bit tired, started slowing down. At the end of that first round, it was whoop, whoop. Yeah, he was he also just, getting hit with some big shots. Yeah, he was, and that makes you even more tired. So if you guys are at home, yeah. if you guys are at home watching fights, you're like, how come he's not going? Like, I'm going to tell you fucking Gian tonight said that about the fucking main event. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Why is he not going? He's fucking exhausted. He's been fighting for 20-something minutes. But the same thing happened with Pineda. They were throwing some heavy leather. They were kicking back and forth and throwing and exchanging some big clinches and stuff, some big punches, I mean. And Cub just knows how to just settle himself in those types of situations. He did that multiple times when he hurt him. Think yep. about when he hurt him in the first round, and he sat, he stepped back. Mm-hmm. He didn't go after him. He was like, "You saw him take the breath, and you go, oh, he's just, he's just getting a breath, yep. taking his time, going okay." You know, that's just exactly. the signs of a that's, veteran, man. Exactly. I was gonna say that's just a veteran fighter showing he's smart. Um, serial. How do you say his last name? Gain or gone? Gan. Well, Gain? there's so many people saying Gane. Gane. But, but. Okay. Look, the, the, uh, look Cyril Gane. A, a heavyweight like that, who moves Ooh. like that, it's extremely athletic. I mean, we haven't seen one of those in a long time. 
I mean, can you tell me one that has looked like that? He reminded me of a young Alistair Overeem. Remember when Alistair was at 205, kind of trying to make that change from 205 to heavyweight? But he was like, kind of reminds me of that. Like, uh, they had a different style, but just physically, yeah. the physical build of it all. I mean, he reminds me of him. Um, and he's move, he's moving around, you know, yeah. on his toes. Yeah, He's not the typical heavyweight. You know, heavyweights plod a lot. You know, it's because it, hey, it takes energy to move. That's what made Muhammad Ali so unusual. You know? mm -hmm always up on the toes it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of conditioning to be able to do that he was moving around really pretty light on his feet moving around taking you know trying to create good angles so he's uh he's fun to watch yeah you know who, never mind i take that back you know who else kind of reminded me of that and then he hurt his knee was uh the big goofy guy that's married to ronda now travis brown oh, travis brown didn't he fight like that for a while trying to be dominic cruz fucked up his knee one time yeah yeah, bounce around. But yeah, I mean, like, he kind of reminds me, like, it's an, I'm not physical, not the physical look of it, but, you know, the way he was moving tonight, he moved yeah. very Travis, well for Travis such a, Brown Travis. makes up two Dominics. <laughs> two, at least two. Both in height and weight. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're going to get into this conversation a little bit later, but, you know, junior? Uh, yeah, Junior and, and fucking uh, Chakaray. Yeah. You know, we'll Both get into that. Kevin Holland tonight. God. Damn. The hype is real, son. The hype is real. This guy is fucking real. <laughs> he is good. I was like, oh, wow. He gets, he got taken down. This fucking fight is going to be, this can be over. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Dude, was... did you, you could hear the elbows bouncing off of the dome mm -hmm. of Jacare. It was like, oh, that hurts. That yeah. hurts. Yeah, he's got to stop that. And it really didn't, didn't stop. And it was like, He's, I, I enjoy him. I yeah. think he's fucking fun. He's, you know, he could talk all he wants because he does talk, but hey, if you can back it up, keep talking. Yeah, it was, uh, five wins this, uh, this year alone. Yeah, five wins. Yeah. That, that guy well, made some money. And he wants to fight next week. Yeah, I know. The problem is, though, <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think he's ever made this amount of money in his whole life. He doesn't realize that three quarters of it now is going to go to taxes. It's not good to fight. It's not good to fight that many times Too if much? you're making yeah. decent money because then you really, one or two of those fights ends up going all of the taxes. Well, here's, so, the, here's, the, th here's the thing that you I don't think you even know. Did you know that Ke Kevin Holland fought in Bellator? No, I didn't know. Yeah, but Bellator. So did, so did Buckley. 195. Yo, I know that Joaquin one. But Buckley, Bellator, yeah. what, Bellator 195 was uh kevin holland who did he fight Shit, i'd have to look it up tegan uh Dewey? Tegan, that would be it yep yep he won he, he, he won by triangle chill am i right yeah yes uh, yeah. yes that was in right 2018 on, 2018 yep because yep. it was one of the first uh i want to say i had been commentating like four times and mm. <laughs> uh, when i saw him because he, he then went to uh the dana white contender series and then all of a sudden he showed up to fight Tiago Santos. And I was like, damn. Yeah. But it's crazy. Huh? Fun. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All good. Ah. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that have been through Bellator that we just didn't sign or we released or just didn't oh, have yeah. interest in at the time. Same thing yeah. was, I remember Strike Force was kind of the same way too. Look with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler fought yeah. in Strike Force. Kane Velasquez yes, fought in Strike Force, you know, and then they just never signed him and they went off and did, you know, whatever in another promotion. You can't sign everybody. You don't know what they're going to no. turn out to be, and that's the problem. So it's, but it's good though. It's good for I think for everyone because there's a little bit of talk back and forth, and you know we had them, we let them go. Same thing can be said for some of the guys in Bellator, Arvin, you know, they, they, but the UFC, they we had them, we let them go. 
we just signed AJ, you know? And so it's, they're, we're going to hear that now, <laughs> you know, Dana already came out and said, yeah, I chose to let him go. I mean, yeah, uh -huh. the converse, yeah, we'll get into that. Anyways, uh, Kevin Holland, I thought he looked good. Uh, he learned how to use his Look length great. and his reach. I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, you know, his takedown defense needs a little bit of work because <laughs> it was pretty easy for, for Jacques Gray to get him down. But he is definitely no slouch on the ground. You know, I know he works with Travis Luter, who is a phenomenal jiu-jitsu guy. He's dedicated to everything he does. Travis Luter is in the, when it comes to his jiu-jitsu academy. He looked phenomenal, man. He looked really oh, good. He Travis, looked good. Is, Travis is not going to hand a black belt with his name on it to no. anybody that doesn't deserve it. What I loved... John, is that for a guy who talks all this shit, his post-fight interview was very respectful and very, very clean and good. I was very happy. I was like, you know, it was like all of a sudden I was like, the shit DC was saying about him. And then I've heard some of the stuff he talks and I say, oh, I was like, oh man, he's kind of, he is mouthy. Like Dana even said, hey, why don't we give Big Mouth the call and see if he takes this fight against Santos. <laughs> he took it. And he took it. But my point yeah, is, is that says everything. when he did the interview with him at the end, when Joe, I think it was Joe did the interview with him clean just smooth smooth conversation respectful very uh very just direct in what he wanted to say he talked highly of travis luter talked highly about all the th like about his opponent like he said some good stuff that's a kid that i could see later on behind the mic you know? and he also set up uh, you know what he i love when he oh. said you know to Chimea, he goes he says you know you should go to 170 you could be a champion there yeah you, you don't want to be a one you don't want to be. I, I love it. that, I dude. It. I thought it was great. Right? Like, oh, yeah. He called him up and yeah, said, let's fight again next set, week. Set that trap. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, that's a good That's a good fight. I, I would love to see that fight. I don't know. Oh, I, don't know. I haven't seen enough of Chimeyev to be like, okay, maybe that would be. I guess for me, I haven't seen enough to say that would be a good fight. But it would be fun. Just the, the, I think the lead up to it would be, the, <laughs> would be awesome. Well, didn't, hold it. Didn't Kevin Holland also fight uh, Mershart? He beat Buckley. I know he beat Buckley, yeah, he beat but Buckley. I think he beat he beat Mershart, I think, before fighting Buckley and before Chimeyev beat Mershart. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he beat him in uh, uh, 2019. Yeah, he uh, beat him, and then what's his name? Beat him, beat him by him right what? after, right? Beat him Chimeyev. by what? Uh, split decision. Oh. Ooh. That's on the Barboza mm. versus Gaethje uh, card. Yeah, okay. I think his confidence is so high right now. He didn't look like oh. he. he I'm trying to re I'm trying to recall that fight, but he didn't look like that, like he did tonight. He looked good, you know. He's working on takedown defense. So. <laughs> um, let's get right, Mackenzie Dern. Come on, Mackenzie Dern. That was a good fight. It was good. Hey, it was close. She was throwing down, man. I get you know if you go back and you remember watching Mackenzie, you know when she first came into MMA. First off, she was just doing anything she could to keep from being hit. You know, and her stand-up was horrible. Shouldn't she, everybody be doing that, just to be honest? It's Well, yeah, just but not in that fashion. Gotcha. You, you do it in a smart fashion that you can hit back. But, I mean, she was, she's really learned, man. You can, you can tell she takes uh, instruction and, and turns it into something that she can do well. You take a look at her jujitsu; It's phenomenal. Yeah. But Jandaroba, she was game. She was going after she was throwing everything she had. That the the kick that ended up being a knee that broke her nose was was nice. But Mackenzie, you know, she she lost that second round, but came back in the third round with big shots. And yeah. It was a well well earned well earned victory. I, I think give the, her credit, man. it was a close third round, also. It was. It was it close. was really close. So um I wouldn't be surprised think, if the other girl won either. No. 
So it was it was a good fight. It was a good exchanges back and forth. I had McKenzie win in the first. Uh, Perillo's done I a good McKenzie job. McKenzie won the first and the third. I, what I liked was uh, Perillo had yelled at her. I think at the be- the end of the second or end of the third. I can't remember. He said she was getting hit with the jab, and she kept throwing the jab. So they were like just exchanging jabs together. Yeah. He yells, "Throw the right hand!" And she threw a rocket of a right hand. After right as soon as he said it, she threw it next. And it landed clean and kind of set the other girl back on her heels. And I, I think I felt like that was one of the leading moments that won her. I think the third, it was the third round, the beginning of the third also round. Also when he told her to open her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Come on, man. Oh, you man. Know, well, you, cause it, it, you see it all the time with yeah. people. When there's not, you know, real comfortable to strike and, they, and they'll, they'll grimace down and they'll start to, and you go, don't close your eyes. God yeah. damn it. It's not even just the closing the eyes, putting your head down and looking at the floor. Yeah. You know? That's yep. another thing. Yeah, but I thought I thought her striking's come along a long ways. And Perillo's done a great job with her. Yep. She's left Black House, from what I understand, right? She was with Black House before. So she left Black House. And now okay. she's uh with Perillo. It sounds like she's with Perillo and Ruka Jim, that kind of in that area there. But there's a lot of people that go into the Ruka Jim, you know. That- yep. Rockhold's there, Bisbing was there, uh yep. Buchecha's there, some other uh, you know, some other fighters around people. there. Oh, Chito Vera, he's there. Yeah. Chito, Chito, my man. Yeah. Yeah, she so also, you know, Chris Cyborg goes in there at times. Yeah, she does. A lot of different, lot of different well, people. Well, the owner the the owner of Ruka with Pat Tenori, he's so so welcoming to everybody. He makes them all feel at home. You know, they're all good people, man. So um when I when I when I get down there as much as I can, I try to swing by their their warehouse and get a little workout in and you know, and stuff. So good people. Um, what else? Let's see, Mackenzie Dern, and then look. The, yeah, let's go into it. <sighs> yeah, who was? Uh, go ahead. I just want to hear. Look it. at John just, trying to toot me. his own horn again. John no, trying to toot his own know. horn again. We we talked yep. before the fight. I told you, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, but on Wednesday I said the same thing. I thought I thought. Oh, Tony, I th- no, 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 I didn't say no. I didn't. Sorry, sorry. I didn't say the same thing. I'm saying that I said <laughs> I'm saying that I said the same thing that I said on Wednesday. I thought Tony was going to walk through him, not walk through him, but I thought Tony okay. was going to beat him. So I'm, I'm going to stick by Tony. I thought I, I my concern is, and I told you I think before the fight tonight is I said I just don't know if he's going to be the same Tony after the fucking punishment he took against J- Justin Gaethje. Yeah. Because here's the thing: is once again I speak from experience. I wasn't the same fighter after I fought Tony Ferguson. I just knew already after I fought Tony, I, I had never in my whole career taken that amount of damage. I was not, and I was 37, 37 years old at the time. Tony's same what? 36, 37, Tony. somewhere in there. Yep. I wish I wasn't the same fighter. Like I slowed down even in training and sparring all those things. I wasn't the same fighter. And it's just it a shitty situation to be in. You know that it's coming to an end. I, I think, I think he, he's probably the reality tonight. It's going to set in. He's going to go home and be like, you know, it's just, it's not there. It's not going to be there. I don't think, he, I don't think he's, he's not going to win a title anymore. It's nope. done. You know, um, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Charles Oliveira looked like a fucking animal tonight, Oof. but Tony didn't, Tony didn't look, Tony didn't have the swagger that the 13 and 0 or 14 and 0, uh, Tony Ferguson had, you know, on the streak on the win streak of 13, 14 fights in a row. He didn't, he didn't have that swagger tonight. He was kind of on his heels a little bit more than he should have been, or he has been. And I don't think he's going to be the same fighter anymore. And when you hit that age, it's just, it becomes a snowball effect. And it's sad to see because, you know, it's the fight that we're never going to see is him and Khabib, but it's just never going to happen. But 
That being said, I can't take anything away from Charles Oliveira because I I had ruled him out. I was like, no, Tony's going to win this fight. He's going to come back stronger, 37 years old. But the thing is, is look, the guy that I think has the best chance, and I've said this, is going to be a really good jiu-jitsu guy. If Charles Oliveira is the next level of jiu-jitsu, if they're going to have someone try to fight Khabib, the, the only guy I think that would, I know, I, I'm, I'm saying this because, I'm saying this though because of how dominant he was on the ground. He now, looked fantastic. He's going to need to be, someone's going to need to be a dominant jiu-jitsu guy on the ground and threaten everywhere to beat Khabib. That's it. Nobody on the feet is going to, well, Connor, yeah, connor has got good striking, but he's so afraid of the wrestling that it doesn't doesn't come out like a normal fight. Number, Connor like, knows he, Connor knows he cannot win off of his back. Exactly. And he can't and he can't stop the takedown. And he's sure he was able to stop one or two in that fight, but he's done the best at stopping the takedown. Oh, Oliveira, yeah. sure, he wants to stop the takedown, but he doesn't need to stop the takedown. He feels like he's so confident on his back. He showed it tonight. He was cutting through fucking Tony's guard like fucking hot knife through butter. He was in the mount position. That armbar, had there been two more seconds at the end of the first, he would have finished him. Two or three well, more seconds. It would have it dislocated. Yeah, it would have broke and dislocated. It, it stretched that that arm yeah. to the point of it's just right at popping. And you know, the one if if that arm pops, it's over. Yeah. All right. People are like, well, if he wants to continue to fight, no. It's over. You if something breaks, it dislocates. The referee is calling the fight. You lost. It is over. It doesn't matter if you want to continue on. They're not going to let you. So he was lucky that yeah. it was right at the end. And when he put it behind the arm, I was like, "Oh, it's, it's going to go." Yeah, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it happen too many times. When as soon as someone actually gets it deep under the arm, and they're able to have that extension with their hips and everything, there's just no way. Yeah, you can't survive it. You know, the arm's going to go. Luckily, it was right at the point where the time ended up. They had to, He had to let go of it. But that was 10-8 round. That, you know, that arm bar right there that made it a 10-8 easy. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, you could tell the arm was compromised. You know, he couldn't really throw it with anything. Yeah, and he, then, got, he got up, like, like grimacing. Okay. And the, the oh, camera yeah. was right on his face. He got up grimacing. Yeah. You're just thinking to yourself... Can he oh, throw yeah. it? Is it broken? Is it dislocated? Did he stretch it so much that he won't be able to use it? All those things were an option going in the second round. Like, hey, what's going on? So, I mean, you could tell he was still working through it at the beginning of the second. Oh, he was working through it. You know, he's tough. He is. Look at Tony is a fucking savage. He is tough as hell. There is no quit in him, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's he's just fighting guys. that now, And it's what I talked to you about. I said, Olivera's faster. And you, yeah. you know, I, I hate to say it, man. I, I, I usually, being the shithead I am, side with the guy that's that's faster. Mm -hmm. You know, because speed kills, man. And it's so hard to fight someone who's faster. You have to be technically better and know how to deal with what that guy does. And I, and I looked at the submission wise, and I go, well, Tony's not better than Oliveira mm -hmm. submission wise. He catches guys in submissions when he's able to put them in in places where they've they've worked hard now they're exhausted and, and he'll snap on a darts or something compromising like positions yeah yeah but if you went you know submission for submission Oliveira's the better submission guy he's technically the better stand-up guy now tony does certain things especially when he closes the space his elbows inside are outstanding he, he throws them you know just beautifully but technically overall i'm looking at you know just the way that Oliveira had pieced up 
you know, Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. You looked at what he did on the feet. You know, on the feet now, man, he is technically really good. And so I just looked at it and thought, I think this is going to be a bad fight for Tony. Well, I had said it a long time ago, and people kept people fucking harped on me. I said Tony is not physically strong. He's got big hands, good wrist control, all those things, and he scrambles a lot, so it makes it hard to hold him down. But he is not physically strong, and we saw that tonight. Oliveira to me doesn't look like he's physically strong. His technique makes him feel like he's stronger than he is. Tony doesn't have that. Tony doesn't have, he's not tight on the technique. He scrambles really well. He creates space. He does crazy things. He rolls underneath really well. He has that Eddie Bravo style of jiu-jitsu with the flexibility. So it's hard to pass the guard. He does all those things. But when you talk about someone who is technically sound, Charles Oliveira is technically sound on the feet. He's technically sound on the ground. He is very good all the way around. And I honestly, if I if I look through that top five weight class, okay, you've got Charles Oliveira now. He just beat Tony Ferguson. Charles Oliveira is going to be probably put in that number three spot. We don't even know where Michael Chandler lists and all of that. But you you got to be thinking you've got Dustin and Connor. I mean, like you would probably have Oliveira fight the winner of Dustin and Connor. I just don't think you Con- have to. I don't think off Connor of that, I don't, off of that performance. I don't think Connor's gonna fight him. <laughs> I think Connor's like, nah, I want a bigger name. It's like Khabib or maybe Gaethje. He's not gonna fight him. He's gonna be like, I don't care. He's like, I, I don't think he's gonna. He doesn't want anything to do with fighting Charles Oliveira. That's just my opinion. I mean, I could be completely wrong. But I, I think, think if, I, if the, no, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of guys right now that want nothing to do with facing Charles Oliveira, especially after that performance. Yeah. But we, I think here's the other thing. Those fighters need to understand that Tony Ferguson is not the same fighter after the Justin Gaethje fight. We saw that tonight. No matter how good Charles I, I Oliveira agree. is, he is good. I'm not saying he's not good. Charles Oliveira is a fucking animal. And, t- and I got to tell you, I was the guy saying just two week ago, I was like, he ain't good enough to be Tony. And I put my foot in my mouth. Just done deal. I, I thought that we were going to see the old Tony. And we didn't get the old Tony. We got the one that that had taken too much abuse in the Justin fight. And now is not the same fighter anymore. And so it's sad to see because, you know, he was here, here, here the whole, for the whole time. For the last three, four, five years, four years. Ready to fight Conor McGregor. Ready to fight all these guys. He was calling them all out. None of them wanted anything to do with him. None of them. You know, could be just that fight was supposed to happen so many times. It wasn't anyone's one fault. You know? five, yeah, five, five times and the whole five. shit fell apart. But to come down to it, Charles Oliveira, if you put him in that mix, he's going to bypass Dan Hooker. He'll jump right into the Tony Ferguson fight. Connor and Dustin will fight. Justin Gaethje will probably drop out of there somewhere because Justin now had lost to, he's lost to Dustin. So I don't know, why, I don't know how Justin could be above Dustin at the time. So you're you're kind of in that mix right now where the only other fight outside of outside of fighting Khabib for Charles Oliveira is fighting the winner of the Connor and Dustin fight or fighting Justin Gaethje. And then he gets a title shot after that. I wouldn't mind seeing him and Justin Gaethje fight. I mean, oh. But if you look at what happened with Khabib and him, I think something similar is going to happen. Uh, something similar is going to happen. So, I mean, but you can never count out Justin Gaethje with that fucking That's power. True. The aggressiveness, the power, just the leg kicks, all that stuff. But Charles is tough. He's really good. He's really good. Uh, let's get into that main event, man. Do me God a favor, Gion. Damn. Turn the turn the volume down a little bit on both of us for... Actually, leave his on because I, I talk louder. Turn me down to seven, please. <laughs> <clears throat> 
I just feel like uh, it's getting a little staticky sometimes. That that main event was fire. It was. It good. was. Oh, dude! You know, and you can see Figueroa went out there to take off Brandon Moreno's head. And you know, the first time I ever saw Brandon Moreno fight was in the Ultimate Fighter, and I had nothing but good thoughts about man. This kid's tough. He's not that talented right now, but man, he's tough because he went against someone that was. I, mean, I think he was. They had rated them all. And it was one and 16. You know, that's 16 fighters. He was number 16 and he was facing number one. And you know, he got, he got uh, submitted, but man, he was putting it on number one for a while there and, and doing some really good stuff. So is number one still him. around? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think he's still in there, but, um, but a lot of them aren't. But Brandon Moreno has only gotten better. You know, I did his fight when he fought Sergio Pettis. He lost that. That was in Mexico. But man, he put on a hell of a performance. Tough as hell. He is continuing to get better. And you are not going to intimidate that guy. You are not going to make him feel like, oh, I don't want to be in here. He wants to be there. Yeah. And he wants to punch a hole in your head. And uh, he came close a couple times in that fight. That was a fun fight based upon the goddamn nutsack and fucking heart of Brandon Moreno. Yeah, he was spectacular tonight. Yeah, Everything yeah. about him tonight was spectacular. Um, it sucks that it was a draw, but all it is is it makes me feel happy that we're going to see it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that, honestly, that's yeah, the way to look at it. If they don't do an automatic rematch... And here's the other thing is I think we got the best out of both of them because they just fought a couple weeks ago. That means yeah. all they had to do is continue their conditioning, continue their training, and just try to hone in their skills. They probably went and looked, watched some video footage of each other to make sure that they knew exactly who they were fighting. And for the last three weeks, that's all they've been doing is focusing on that one person. And they were already in shape. We got a better version of them, I think, because they came off of a full camp. Got a probably a two or three days of rest after basically nothing ever really happened in their fights because they won no, so both quickly. Were fast fights. Both fast fights. And they turn around and fought three weeks later and had a great phenomenal fight. So all they do is just keep in keep in shape and dial in their technique for the person they were gonna fight. But Moreno was somebody that uh, Gian, do you remember his name? You want to remember to spell it for you? Brandon Moreno. There you now go. Now I buddy. know who he Good is. Good job. Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks ago we were trying to explain to him who he was and we're talking about him for the 15 minutes before he realized um that's me giving gian a hard time look everything about him i thought for sure that figueredo was gonna not walk through him but i was like i will probably get him out of there by the third moreno that tonight no just moreno tonight was on fire like even even when he landed the hard shots figueredo should have walked through him he hit him with like two more pop 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 real quick I was like, wow, this kid is good. He is so good. He took some big shots, gave it right back, pressed the pace. Gian said something really stupid, like in the fifth round. Like, <laughs> how, come, how come he's not going? He rocked him. I'm like, because he's fucking tired. What's Exhausted. Mean? It's like, take a, you could take a look at his left arm, man. He's got a giant knob yeah. on the freaking forearm. You're going, eh, I don't think it's broken, but I definitely know it's got a hematoma. Yeah, I was just like, I'm like, come on, man. What do you mean? Let's. God, I wanted to like turn around and just smack him right at the moment. You're you're that kid on Twitter that thinks he's like just sitting back behind his keyboard. I'm like, what are you? Oh. Come on, man! Yeah. I can do it. Hell, Jesus! But I, you know, you, 
and I'll give it to Figueredo, man. You know, he came out there head hunting, wanting to put him out real fast. And there was a lot of things that, you know, could have gone really bad for him. Mm-hmm. And he kept sucking it up, man. He kept on showing, you know what? I'm here. I I had it three rounds to two for uh, Figueredo, and I had it as a draw based upon the point deduction from Jason Herzog. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that point deduction is absolutely the way it's supposed to be done. When you have a, uh, you know, a lot of people say, that was the first groin strike. It doesn't matter. Did it alter Brandon Marino and make it to where Figueredo actually has an advantage based upon a foul? Yeah. You know, you want to get kicked in the nuts? We'll give you a point. Okay. It sucks. Okay, and so when he takes the point, what he's doing is he's evening, he's trying to even that playing field back out. Figueredo has gotten an advantage doing something that was illegal. I'm going to try to even it out. My only way of evening evening this out in this situation is to take a point, and that's what he did, and it was the right call. Yeah, I, w- I was I was surprised that he took it, but then I know you and I have had these conversations plenty of times. It was just such direct contact. Yeah, straight straight up the middle. It went straight up the middle. So it landed straight and then lifted as it went yeah. up. Like that's if you, if I was to think of it and he hit him with the ball of his foot. It wasn't yeah. like he hit flat footed and just pushed it in or no, thank you. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah. I don't care the what ones that, the ones that lift are yes. not good. Yeah, and it it went straight in and then lifted up at the same time. I then just you could just I was like, oh god! As soon as it happened, I grabbed my own dick and just walked out of the office watching the. Fight. He sounded like, oh. he sounded like you eating the fucking chip. He's yeah, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was not good, but it was oh. the right thing for Jason Herzog to do it, and I commend him for making that decision. It's not easy to do. I try to tell people all the time, look. When you have something, it doesn't matter that it hasn't happened for you. It's not an automatic warning. You have the right to take a point, and your whole purpose in it is that what is going to help level this out. Does mm-hmm. someone get an advantage in this situation? If there's really no advantage, then you don't take the point. Yeah. If there's a, a decided advantage that's been gained, you got to do something to try to bring it back. Yeah, it's it's um. Then you take when you hit something that hard. There's for sure yeah. that it's like taking a really hard body shot. Fuck yeah, it sucks. Yeah, your wind is gone for at least that round, and it's the, like anything you move around. The your legs don't move the same. Yeah, the it feeling. It's, it's that feeling of like, ooh, it's a little loose down there. <laughs> <laughs> a little loose because they've been shoved up yeah. somewhere about to your hip bone. Yeah, you're trying to get them to drop back down. <laughs> Doing the hop. Look, overall though, the card was a good card. I was, outstanding i thought it was a good card um you know there was it didn't seem like there was a lot of uh, name value on it but this is one of those sneaky good cards i mean sure they had jacare they've got mckenzie yeah. Dern. they did they had some names on there but i'm saying like if you went back you're like i mean yes for me right i'm i'm thinking uh, and i'm getting older and that's the that's the, <laughs> that's the problem that's the problem is like, i'm glad I'm, you, I'm glad you can admit it yes i'm saying like you know i see junior on there i see jacare on there i see tony on there you know, I see these fighters. These are the people that I'm. Oh man, it's got some good name value. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the next gen. Cub Swanson, he's on there. The next generation. This Fazeev guy, and oh. you know, and then Tisha Torres, and you've got Kevin Holland, you've got Mackenzie Dern, you've got Charles Oliveira. I'm like, 
damn, you know what? They are the next generation. This is the next generation of fighters. And they are fucking good. They are really good. And they're fun. They're having fun. They're out there getting it done. I was impressed, man. We are seeing, we are finally seeing the next changing of the guard. You know what I mean? And uh, it's sad to see, but I think it's, I think it's time because we need to get the, the sport needs to be rejuvenated a little bit, I think. Yep. And you're seeing it in both, in, in, in both promotions from Bellator to the UFC. You're seeing it right now in both promotions. Yep. So good stuff. Let's talk real quick because I want to, I actually want to throw this news. Do you want to do this news now or you want to do it later? The 60 minute, the 60 uh, fighters that are going to get cut. Or do you want to do it later? No, we can do it now. Let's do it now. UFC quick. stuff. Let's do it. So the UFC, Dana White comes out and says um, that they are going to cut another 60 fighters before New Year's. Before the, before the end of the year. Stand by. Yeah. yeah. Um, just in this card tonight, I could probably give you two. And you and I, oh, I can, you I can definitely give you, I'll say probably three. Three, huh? Yeah. Give them to me. Well, I know we, I know we think alike in this situation. So you go first. <laughs> you go first. Uh, well, Junior Dos Santos, I think is done. Yes. Uh, it's uh he, he's got a fairly hefty pr- price tag and now he's not even in, you know, he's not even close to your top 10. No. Of your heavyweights, even though heavyweights promotions tend to try to hold on to longer because there's just not a lot of them. But, you know, it's, uh, he was complaining about getting hit to the back of the head and stuff. And you go, Junior, nope. You know, you're the one that's running away. He's throwing an elbow. It hits, yeah, it actually hits behind your ear. Yeah. That's a legal shot. It's and a really he, awkward moment to bring it sure up it though, to the fighter at the end. Like, look, dude, I, I don't have control of stopping the fight. The ref does. No, yeah. Like, it, don't it, go to the fighter and say, oh, Cyril you Ghana had nothing to say with it, man. It's like. There's nothing to say. No, it's, you know, you look and you go, what are you doing? But, you know, hey, it's, um, I, he's just not performing. He can't perform. You know, he, he's, he's in there for usually about two minutes and someone's tagging him at that point and things are not going to go his way. And when you have a hefty price tag that comes with you, you know, and he was the champion, this is what happens. You know, you, you get in that position where, you know, you're not, you're never going to be put in a championship fight situation that that's passed. And you're in that position where now it's, um, it's over. Yeah, it's just over. I'm sorry. You know, I, I loved you as a fighter. I think you're a great guy. You're just not able to perform at that level that they're going to want to pay you what they've been paying you. I feel the same way about Jacare Souza. Jacare, he will be gone. Yep, <clears throat> I think uh, he'll be one of them. It's over. He is gone, and you brought up something to me tonight when you said Man. Tony Ferguson, and I was I, like, I think I think they're going to cut him. I think so too. You know, and I could be wrong about that, but I and this the reason I look and say it is first off, Tony has always had a adversarial relationship with certain people with the UFC. You know, he's 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 felt like he's been held back, cheated in certain things, he has not been. respected. He has been and and so, you know, you have that but that you know, that's okay. You can say those things when you're winning. But now you take a look at his last two performances, you know, the Justin Gaethje fight, you know, look, he fought his ass off, but he got beat badly. Mm-hmm. And now this one, he got beat badly. And so now you look at your lightweights and you go, 
all right, is Tony Ferguson going to be fighting for the title? <coughs> that ain't going to happen. Excuse me. Yeah, you, you would figure that he would have to win somewhere between four or five fights in a row against top talent, and that's probably not going to happen. So he's not going to fight for the title, so what, you're going to keep him for what reasons now? So he can beat your young talent that's not you know, smart and wise enough to fight with him at this time. You're going to put him against that level of guy. That's not going to do you any good as the promotion. And so, I don't know. I just look and say he might be one of the guys in that 60. Yeah, he might be. I actually, when you brought that up to me tonight, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I could see that happening. You want to know why? Because they have another guy in Michael Chandler who is not even ranked yet. And you slide him yeah. into a spot there. And that division is the most stacked division. Dana just said it again to verify uh, everything I they said. They have so many guys in that division. Yeah, I'm just glad that Dana's verifying exactly what I've always said, that 155 is the most stacked division in the world. Yes. No, they just have a lot of guys. No, that's just the most stacked division in the world. <laughs> and that's just a lot the of best, guys. The best guys. The best guys. Now, see, yes, there you are. go again. No, no, they're always the best. Come on, man. Look. <laughs> did you see that Brandon Marin? No, never. <laughs> I did, and there's only two of them. They'll fight again because they'll just keep running it back, running it back between the two of them. Nobody else is going to get up there. Um, and not to mention the best 125-pounder in the world is not even in the UFC. He's in one. <laughs> So <laughs> it's like, I'll tell you what, unless Henry goes back to 125, but the yeah, two of them, say. that's kind of the match right there. I'd love to see either one of those guys come back and fight uh, either one of these guys. Oh, yeah. But, um, but look, go back to the card if you can. We both agree on the junior fight. Like really what it comes down to, he's pretty much going to be gone. I think, like you said, a hefty price tag. They are hard. Heavyweights are hard to come by. Yeah. But look, there's a lot of young ones that are coming up. You know, and they're just going to have to spend more time putting some money and effort into promoting them because the heavyweight division has always lacked. And this is when people talk about adding more weight classes. This is why we don't have a 215-pound weight class. We have one, okay, but we don't use them because there's not enough talent. There's not enough talent. You'd be spreading your talent so thin that you barely have enough to actually feed a heavyweight division now. And so that's why. Uh, Jacques Ray, at 41 years old, the price tag on him, he's never been UFC champion. He was strike force champion but never been the UFC champion. He's not there. He's gone. It's over. Um, I just, look, as much as I love watching these guys fight, and the same thing with Tony, as much as I love watching them fight, the bottom line is when, if you go, if you work in a corporation, any corporation, and you're a high executive and shit ain't getting done, you're the first to get cut. That's no different than this person here who has a hefty price tag on his name. Okay. Look, fighters, we put ourselves in this situation. We knew what we signed up for. And at any moment, it could all go. And it's true. It sucks. It's a shitty situation to be in. But we did it because we loved it. We didn't do it because at the end of the rainbow, we thought it was going to be fucking pothole. Like We thought, like, hey, we well, have an opportunity, a chance. But it's not guaranteed. Nothing in life is guaranteed. And so when I hear some fighters, we'll get into that later with the, the Dana thing. But these guys, they've had great careers. I don't know what the, I don't know what the rest of the, what the, what is next for them, you know, and I'm not saying that they're going to all three get cut, but I would say the Ovid St. Prue's, the juniors, the Jacques they may get cut. I think, I think those, those three, I think are pretty much on that list. Tony, I could see them potentially giving him one more fight. Cause he is always fun to watch fight. Yeah. But I, I don't know. But like you said, he's, I don't getting, either. he's getting paid quite a bit of money, yep. you know? And then that's, that's what they're trying to do. What COVID has taught promotions is that, People want to see good fights, and they don't care if it's a top-ranked guy. You can get it done as long as the fights are entertaining. 
you know, and with you with ESPN guaranteeing them a certain amount of pay-per-view buys, there is no need for them to keep around the excess fat, which is older fighters. And you're going to see it, guys. And I've been saying this forever. One of the biggest reasons, um, one of the, and I, I look without sounding like bitter about it. One of the biggest reasons I feel like that there was a couple, couple scenarios and situations. Tony Ferguson was older than Khabib. That's why they didn't really, they tried to make that fight happen a couple of times and never came to fruition. And they just didn't care. They moved, pushed him off to Justin or whoever else they could give him to, to try and beat Tony. Um, the same thing would be said for Dan Henderson when he was supposed to fight John Jones. They pushed that fight off. They know they made that because John Jones was what, 26, 27 at the time. Yep. I'll say the same thing, not trying to sound bitter, but the same shit happened to me. I was 36 years old, supposed to fight Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis was 26 years old, just won the title. And he was, you know, they pulled him off the rack for a year to promote the shit out of him. Never got the title shot. It's why smart. Would it, why would, why, what, you got to look at it. Why does the promotion want a 36, 37 year old champion instead of a 26, 27 year old? 100%. And like, I, I kind of figured and knew that at the time, but it wasn't really had been talked about a whole lot. But it's this right now is proof that this is, it. yeah, you can see it. It's becoming more well, it, evident. But you also have to, you know, what happened when they signed that deal with ESPN and then ESPN basically bought their pay-per-views and guaranteed them this specific number and anything over it, they kept half and the UFC got half. That's I mean, it's it's the greatest deal ever. You got to give it to the UFC for being able to make it happen. And, and if that's, you know, WME, IMG, the people that own the UFC, if they're the ones that created that. It's fantastic, but for the fighters themselves, it's not the greatest because it, this is exactly what you're talking about. You know, there there was a reason why for a long time when Connor would say, I'm retired, and Dana would, you know, be going and he would, you know, I'm going to be talking to Connor and, you know, and he would placate to Connor because he needs him. Connor creates more money for the UFC than any other fighter and he creates a pay per view that that helps, you know, their their books in the end well when the espn came up with the deal that they did for the ufc it didn't matter about connor anymore it did a little bit i think no it, it didn't it did a little bit but then when there's lack of fans that's when it doesn't matter as much for the connor well especially when there's no fans because connor when connor yes. is gonna fight that gate is gonna be a huge yes. gate and now if you're the ufc you're not really wanting connor to fight because you're losing Yep. All of that game money. We're talking, you know, hey, this is in the millions of dollars. And ESPN doesn't get any of the game losing. money. They get none of that. Yep. So all that gate money, you're not going to get. Why do I want to have a guy that's I'm going to have to pay a lot of money to have fight? Why am I going to have him fight when my pay-per-view is already guaranteed? So, yeah, if he gets more money, I'll get more. You know, if he fights, I'll get more. But I'm still going to have to you're pay You're still splitting 50-50. Yeah. So, you're, you know, it just... The deal worked really well for the company and for the fighters. You look and you go, well, it took some of your your leverage away. Yeah. And then COVID comes in and it definitely takes your leverage away because it's not about putting butts in the seats right now. Well, the UFC is that what they're having to do is they're having to go young because it's a good time for them to restructure all the older talent they have and say, look, we've already got guaranteed money coming in from them for pay-per-views. We can cut the fat, and the fat is old old fighters. There's no reason for us to pay you the hefty price tag that you come along with because ultimately, 
our contender series will bring in young talent that will just do what Brandon Moreno did tonight. We'll stand in front of his opponent and fucking slug it out. And that right there is what's going to put more more people. That's what eyes people want to see, TV and that's what they want to see. And so that was a classic example of younger fighters coming in and doing their job to the point of stealing all the exposure from the older fighters. So why am I paying you two hundred and fifty or three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars to come in and fight when I'm paying these guys eighty and eighty for a hundred you know sixty thousand dollars if they win? That's it's smart business planning by the UFC. So when you when I hear other fighters or former fighters talk shit, John, it it kind of gets gets me under my skin. I'm like, you guys fucking knew what you guys signed up for, you know. And so like I can roll well, it into this. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you got to look, and it's it's like it, it. I mean, it's it's for fighters. It's for any athlete. I mean, it's you know for fucking commentators, referee. How do you expect this to end? Yeah, there, there's gonna come a time when someone says. Hey, thank you, but you're done. Yeah, it's gonna happen to all of you. You know, to me, to you, to everyone. That's just the way it is. So to be shocked by it is like, don't be shocked by something that you know. Eventually, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate if it happens. You know, when it's not your call, it's nice when someone says, "You know what? I'm done. I'm retiring," because that's your call. Mm-hmm. But doesn't always work that way it's you know, true sometimes it's somebody else's call so. yeah it, it really just comes down to the fact that like there's a lot of there's a lot of former fighters that are talking about this whole thing with the ufc what what was the thing that that, that i sent you oh jesus gion uh the <laughs> Les- 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 smith? yeah so, so read me the leslie smith text yeah so basically leslie smith- or tweet i mean oh okay she says 17 million all those times they left and said they can't pay that much to a fighter and they can and they can just bust out 17 million when they need it all right <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a little short-sighted yeah because if you and and i'm just gonna say it this way i love leslie she's a good person she's an adult you know? yeah but she, you know she is uh she tried to you know do things unionizing fighters and stuff and god bless her for trying to do that She's got the project spearhead thing going, but the UFC saying that they paid $17 million for COVID testing and things to uh, create situations where they could put on fights. Thank God they did that Yeah, because that's what allowed fighters to actually make a payday because they wouldn't have made a payday if the UFC didn't put out that money for that COVID testing and for all the things they did to create what was hopefully a safe environment for the fighters to be within because they caught a lot of fighters that did have it and that would have spread to other people. So it's just a bad way of looking at it. You can't, you can't look at that. The organization did what was right for their employees. They did what was right for their contractual, you know, obligations to the fighters. And they did that by spending that money. So I look at it and say, it's not the time to say, oh, they should, you, know, you, you act like you have no money. Everyone knows they have money. That's not, you know, that, that's not in question. What's in question is the percentage of what they make and what they pay out to the fighters. Is it the same as what the Alley Act would do? No, it's not. It's not. But again, you know, nothing's perfect. Eventually, things might change. You know, they, there is that court case going. It just, you know, from what I heard, they just... Uh, put that into where it would be a class action so every fighter including 
you, Josh Thompson, mm-hmm. could get some money, I guess, if that was important. But you know, hey, you know, you know what you know what you're you know what you're getting, and you know where you're going when you step into this. That that's what I don't get, John. I don't get this. All I see is look, and I I like both of these fighters. I like Nate Corey, and I like um, Leslie Smith, and I like other fighters that have talked about this. But I think when your when your Twitter feed all it is is negative shit towards the UFC or towards this you know this unionization thing and like uh, it, or even towards politics, it's just a huge just like how do you live your life on a daily basis with nothing but negative comments? I just I don't understand it. And here's the other thing, we we all knew. We all knew what we were getting ourselves into. Well, look, and I look Absolutely. at someone like, and I and I and I do respect, and I and I appreciate the enthusiasm from like people like Nate Quarry and other people. But the bottom line is, is when we started this shit, we were making nothing. I nothing. Paid, I paid twenty five dollars to fight my first fight. My second fight, I made one hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks, and I took it on three days. And that was good. That was good money, baby. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, my third fight, I made three hundred, and I was like stuck at three hundred for couple more fights and they were all short notice fights and majority of the time you showed up you weighed in and they matched you up against somebody that was kind of near your weight you know what i mean (laughs) so and then sure it got better as time went on sure but at the end of the day we knew what we were getting ourselves into what like to go after the ufc and say like they did this and this and this that was your goal to get to the ufc are you suing all the shitty promotions you fought in and got fucked no. up in beforehand? No, you're no. not suing those ones. You're only suing the one that has the money. Like, because, and they're the ones that actually made you money and they're the ones that actually paid you. They're the ones that got you sponsors. Like, if you were fighting in some podunk small show, which you all were before you got to the UFC, they didn't pay you shit. They barely covered your medical sometimes if they did. And majority of the time, you didn't get your fight purse. You had to fucking corner the promoter to get your money. That was the, I remember Bob Cook, Bob Cook. I was the main event on a Boise show one time. He walked in. He's like, the crowd looks thin. He walked into the fucking cash register area, opened the cash register himself, took out half of my money out of the cash register. People are like, oh, he's like, don't fucking touch me. Took the money out. He's like, hey, this is his show money, which was at the time was like 1500. It was another 1500 to win. That was a lot of money back then. But he saw that the crowd was thin. He knew that the promoter was probably going to take the money and bounce. So he went in there and took my show money to guarantee that I got my show money before I ever got my hands wrapped. Like that's the type of shit that the fighters were dealing with back then. So the that's no, kind of stuff referees deal with. I've done the same thing, man. That's my so, point. But here, fighters, yeah. we knew what we knew before what we were getting ourselves into. Yes. And Nate Corey is no different than the other guys and the other females that when we were coming up, we would just show up and fight and hope we got paid. We're not suing the class action lawsuit of all the other small podunk promotions you fought in the fairgrounds in the back backyard, someone's backyard. You're not suing those people for the shots you took and the damage you took and all the. You're suing the UFC. It just doesn't make sense to me. Look, oh, it I, makes sense. It do, it doesn't make sense to me. I just look. I understand why they're like maybe they want to try to get something, but to go back and say that you want money for what happened back then, it's just to me is, I don't know. I I don't. Yeah, even you look like you said. Even though I may get money out of it, I'm not out there going. I'm not shaking my fist going hoorah. It just to me is not. I knew what I was getting myself into, and and everyone knows I don't have any. I I don't. Dana and I don't get it fucking along at all. But I don't have. I don't have this type of 
feeling like where I got to chase after him. I'm good friends with John Fitch and he is this guy. He is, he's Nate Quarry, Leslie Smith. He's the guy that does the same shit. And I'm sure I like to listen to what he has to say and kind of, but it just, it gets under my skin a little bit because like, guys, they all knew, we all knew what the fuck we were doing. We all knew it, you know? And that's the, that's the thing that kind of upsets me the most. I'm like, you signed up for it. You signed on the line. Now, when they started trying to take our name, our name rights and all, I was See, like, okay, that, that's, that's different. different. Okay. Yes. I, I get the fight I for agree. that. Okay. But we're talking about when it came down to the fight and I mean, these guys have done, I got to tell you, the UFC has done a phenomenal job in terms of like, they provided that insurance for all the fighters. No other promotions done that. Nope. You know, and like, they've done good things along the way. Don't get me wrong. They've been a little shady here and there. You know what I mean? But it's, the end of the day, these fighters, majority of them, let's just be honest, majority of them would be working at fucking, I don't know, Home Depot or something if they didn't have this. I mean, you know, they, not all of them are going to be steepes and firefighters, okay, and and have a you know and have a job on the side that's you know pays good money. Like majority of them, they didn't know what to do. They got into fighting because they loved it. They wanted to do it. They didn't have a career path. You know, yep. they didn't know. And so the fact is majority of them are taking care of their families, you know, and putting food on the table and taking care of their kids and, and buying a house and living in houses they never thought they were ever. And I'm fucking one of them. So to think of that, to, <laughs> and that's the thing, to think of that, like I, I really would have joined the military probably. And who knows if I'd still be alive with all of our warmongering presidents. You know, like that's the point. The point is I didn't have to go do that because I found something I truly love to do. And it's just, it's frustrating. I understand them trying to get this all the act passed, but to turn around and go back for, for all the other stuff and want to get it, get paid for what you guys signed on the dotted line to do this, you know, and maybe there's more to this whole thing than I'm overlooking John, but can you tell me, can you, am I missing something? You know, I, Hey, I always want fighters to get paid. Yes. I've always, I've always been that guy that, Hey, I think they deserve a fair pay. But when you sign a contract, no one's forcing you. No one is forcing you to sign that. Now, there are things within it, and I will tell you, I, I think that the the things about them having the rights to your likeness, to your voice, to your image, to your name in perpetuity is yeah. absolutely wrong. I think if you know, you're an older fighter and they want to put you in the video game, then they should pay you to put you in the video game just yep. to be able to use you because they have that right because you were going to fight for them and it's in their contract and they won't take it away. It, that doesn't sit well with me and I don't think it's right. And I don't think, I think it's, it's an abuse of power that shouldn't be there. But when it comes to the pay that you got or to say, well, I think that you should take care of me now that, you know, years later I'm having, injury problems and things that came from fighting dude. you knew you knew what fighting was yeah. going to do to your body i'm sorry you know everybody you know everything that i've ever done about i knew hey this is not smart but yeah. i want to do it okay so you do it and then put up with what you know occurs from it but it's a uh, you know to, to have someone say something about the 17 million dollars for the covid stuff and like i said I'll be the first one to say thank you to Bellator, thank you to Viacom, thank you to the UFC, thank you to WMEIMG, whatever it is. Thank you for, you know what, putting the money out there to do those tests and yeah. to put fights on and to allow me to work and allow fighters to get paid and allow people to have something 
that they could watch. You know what? Thank you. Now there's it's That's the way I look at it. These companies are taking a big risk of putting these these events out there because yeah. they don't want anything to happen. They don't want anything to happen. They also want to continue their role because if they get too far out from not throwing events, people forget about that sport. Sure. You know, like people have already lost interest in the the baseball and the basketball, and they, they've kind of started losing interest in that stuff. They're like, ah, whatever. And they've gone outside, which is great. I love the fact that people are outside more, hiking, doing whatever, mountain biking. Mountain biking's taking off right now. So it's, uh, you know what I mean? But there's outdoor events that people have gone to. They forgot about what's going on on TV. Fighting realistically, honestly, is the only normalcy that's really going on. You've got Bellator throwing fights. You know, we were every week for four weeks, five weeks in a row. You know, and we just had an event this last weekend. You have the UFC doing a week, doing every week. They're doing every an event. Every week, they're multiple. Keep, they're keeping these fighters busy. Kevin Holland's fought five times this year. That's the whole point. That's the, this guy's making so much damn money. He doesn't even know what probably to fucking do with it right now. You know, I'm sure he'll find something to do with it, but I'm sure, you, yeah. you don't understand Hopefully what I'm saying. Smart. And the $17 million, I don't think people understand that it caught people think that they just like that. You just put the event on and they don't have to pay for the advertisement, the flyers, the poster boards, the billboards that you're up on to advertise this fight, the commercials, you know, the fact that you're on while live sports is going on while the basketball NBA playoffs, that's your picture on the fucking thing. If you want to know what that shit costs money, costs a lot of money. And for them to have $17 million laying around, you should be thankful to have $17 million laying around because that's how they got COVID testing going on to make sure that we can have fights and all these fighters can get paid. Look, Leslie Smith, I, I, I do like you a lot. I, like, I think you're an absolute sweetheart. And I've loved every second of conversation I've ever had with you. But this was just, this is when I start seeing the, just the, um, it's, I don't want to say, it's not bitterness. It's just the ill, there's just something there. It's not, it's not. Well, I can understand why Leslie would have some, you know, bitterness towards the UFC. She has a right to. Yeah. Yeah. And look, and this, and when you look at it this way, this is why I say that there, there's things that, you know, one of the things I didn't bring up before. The contracts, you know, if you sign it for a six fight contract, in your mind, you're going to fight six times. If they cut you after the first fight and there's five fights left, they don't owe you anything. Nope. But, but if you, on the fifth fight of that contract, say, hey, I can go do a boxing match over here, or I can go do a kickboxing match, or I can go do an MMA fight, they're going to let me fight, and you haven't given me anything. Is it okay? They're going to look at you and go, no. no? What are you nuts because they have the complete control so that that's not fair and i would like to see that where that was more you know siding with the fighter having a fair chance in that you know and that's kind of what happened with leslie is she had a fight you know the person didn't make weight it wasn't her fault and they decided to just pay her they paid her her win bonus you know paid her her show paid her the win but cut her yeah when she did nothing wrong other than she was starting to work for getting a union for the fighters. Yeah. And they didn't like it. Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Like, you have someone who's trying to bite the hand that's feeding them. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But the other thing is, I agree with you on the <clears throat> on the take of these. There does need to be some changes to these contracts. 100% there does. I mean, like you said, when I had signed my contract back in 2001 with them or whatever, Every other line had the word in perpetuity. <laughs> there like you go. They owned everything. Forever. Forever. And you're just thinking to yourself, 
what the fuck, man? Like, how am I going to get through this? You know, but then once, once you fight and you get going, like I I give you an example, I fought Rob McCullough in the WFA because I had gotten hurt so many times in the early years and Joe and I, for me to fight in the WFA, I was already signed with the UFC. He said, just so you know, if you lose, we're cutting you. Nice. And it's like, but at the time, your whole goal was to be in the UFC, you know? And I was like, it was a chance I had to take because I had no money at the time. I was like, yeah, I need to take this fight because I'd gotten hurt twice and whatever. And I hadn't fought in the UFC yet. And I was like, okay, well, I need this fight. And at the time, right, Rob McCall was fucking nasty. Just nasty, yeah. good on the feet. Had no wrestling. I was nope. like, I got this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but. I am going to wrest- slip, slide, and duck and get in and wrestle. And wrestle, fuck you. And that's what I did. <laughs> I was, but it was, it was, that's the type of mentality you're dealing with with that promotion. Is that, look, they sign you. You can't go do boxing. You can't do kickboxing. There should be a change in that. You should be able to go fight a kickboxing fight because no one's going to look at the kickboxing fight and say, yeah, but he lost in kickboxing. It's <laughs> fucking kickboxing. It's not MMA. The fact oh. is, is look, <clears throat> George St. Pierre was never the best wrestler. He was never the best kickboxer. You know, he was never the best jiu-jitsu guy. But the fact is, he was really damn good at all three and he put them together better than anybody in the sport. And then I I give myself as an example, I was never good at any, all three of them. I was okay. You know, like all three of them, but I wasn't the best at any of them. And so like the way that I put it together is what made me successful. And George just took it to fucking a level of 15 times higher. You know what I mean? And so when you're talking about whether you lost in kickboxing or you lost in a boxing match, who gives a shit? It's not MMA. That's the thing. It's not MMA. And the fact that these fighters are trying to get events like that, you know, and they're trying to fight um, <clears throat> kickboxing matches or boxing matches, I tip my hat to them because they're putting well, their, their work and effort in in that sport as well. And you could be, yeah. if I ask most people the question, hey, name me uh, MMA fighters that, you know, boxed, they'd be, they'd be able to say one guy. Yeah. And it'd be Connor. That's the only one they would know. And I can name 50 guys that I know are boxing now or have boxed, mm-hmm. you know, there's a ton, you know, and it's, it's, to me, it's something that they should be allowed to do because it's not the sport of MMA. I understand if you have someone under contract or MMA, they shouldn't be able to, someone in the UFC should not be able to just walk over to Bellator and do a fight. Shouldn't be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. That's not, that's not good for your promotion. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to say, should they be able to do a boxing match? Yeah, they should. Yeah. Yep. It's not. It's not the same sport. You should be able to nope. do whatever the hell you not want in another sport. sport. Yeah. So. You know. But this, I think, also too, if that's the case, when you turn down a fight, then you should be. They should be able to extend your contract for the term of their contract. I'm okay with that. That's okay. That's yep. fair. Uh, if you you turn down a fight, they offered you a fight. Yep. You turned it down. Okay, they get to extend it. Yeah, that's to me. That's fair. Now, it if they're just not offering you a fight, then that's not your that's problem. That's different. Yeah, that's not your problem. So there's a lot. There's a lot of things. Like like I said, I I like uh, Leslie Smith. I like Nate Quarry a lot. Great guy. He, him and I used to fight on some of the circuits way back up in Oregon back in '99, I think '98, '99. You know, so long time. Boy, ago. you are dating yourself. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm old as fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, but in that list of people that um I think are on their way out. You've got Tony on their way out. You've got Jacare on the way out. You've got Dos Anjos, or not Dos Anjos, but uh, Dos Santos on his way out. You've got Ovis St. Peru. <clears throat> They've already cut um, Rachel uh, Ostevich. There will well, she's be, not on her way. She's, that's she's, yeah, based upon record. Yeah, they've cut her. 
There's there's some other there's some other there's a lot more. I, I just off the top of my head, we haven't had a chance to think about it. But I don't want to put a list together either. But I mean, if you're talking, if we're we're <laughs> talking about, if we're talking about, just listen to what we're saying. We are saying that if you are older, let's just say you're 35, 36, 37, I think there's a good chance you're going to get cut. If you've lost your last fight, your last fight, maybe if you've lost two, I would say almost guaranteed you're going to get cut. <clears throat> if you've lost your last fight and you're 35, 36, I think there's a good chance you're going to get cut. Uh, I think Matt, they just released Matt Wyman. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That, we kind of figured he didn't. The slam, he's taken some damage in his, when he was younger as well. He was off of, what, a three-year layoff, I think? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's Yeah, that's that's we were kind of expecting that to be. Yeah, well, you got to figure out, I did Matt Wyman's first fight in the UFC, which was back at UFC 60 against, <laughs> against wow. Spencer Fisher. Yeah. Boom. There's yeah. some history. That was a nasty flying knee knockout by Spencer Fisher. Yeah, well, Good fight up until that point. Yeah, he was losing fun. it. Yeah, it was a great fight. Matt Wyman was winning that fight at that <clears> point, <throat> I think. Matt Wyman was a fucking gamer. He was, was a tough gamer. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's get into the Bellator event. We've got some more news to talk about also, but we, that was kind of all tied in with the UFC stuff, so we got some more news to talk about as well. All right. <clears throat> let's go. All right, well, let's see. the first fight of the night was Billy Goff against Hobson Gracie. And Billy Goff introduced Hobson Gracie to elbows inside. Boy, he ate him up. He yeah. ate him up, man. And Hobson Gracie was trying takedowns, hurting, getting worse as the, as the first round went on. Made it through the first round. And when the second round, you could see, man, he, he walked out. And I said, look at his face. It's white. Yeah. You, know, and it's, you could tell. He was gassed, and he was taking big shots. But it was a really good performance by Billy Goff. You know, a guy he he had come in saying he was going to submit him. I was, I was, is he crazy? <laughs> but when it comes to the Gracies, the elephant in the room is that they don't want to fight. Well, that, I don't know if it, I don't know if that's the truth as far as the statement. The elephant in the room is the name carries an incredible amount of weight it does and it's and it's something that you by having that name now you have an expectation placed upon you that you're this guy that can fight and it, you know not everybody that can do jujitsu can fight it's just the way it is if there are gracies out there i'm gonna tell you you know I, we talked about it there's two gracies out there right they can fight Mm-hmm. You know, Crone Gracie lost his last fight to Cub Swanson, hasn't fought for a while. But Crone is just a fucking balls deep gamer, yeah. tough son of a bitch. He can fight. Yeah. And his fucking ground game is sick. Yep. And the other guy, you know, fights for Bellator, Neiman Gracie. Neiman can fight. Yep. He can fight the stand up now. His ground game is nasty. His leg lock game is freaking now. Dan and her death squad good. He is a fucking gamer. He is good and he's dangerous. Those are the guys with that name that I will tell you, those guys can fight. Now, obviously, yeah. you know, the old guys, Henzo and Hoist have already proved themselves and Hickson, but they're not fighting. But those two guys with that name, they definitely they they uphold the tradition. The problem is everyone else is expected to uphold it in the same manner, and that's not easy. Yeah, but look, <clears throat> not everyone's a fighter, and that's I, that's the I part. Said that. That's the part I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I I love I 
with Connery, with Hobson, they're they're good. They're good. They're good people. Oh, they're great. They're great people. You know, like, but you can tell that like they don't really seem like they want to fight. They they fight. Don't get me wrong. They go out there and do the best they can. But yeah. and in Hobson being it was three and zero up until this last week. But it just I get the vibe that like they're they're in there because they want to prove that the family name is still going, or they want to prove to their family that they want to do this. And not everyone is a fighter. And I think I think they that conversation needs to be had with with them because they're not only are they going in there like if it was just a normal person they're going in with like a, like you said the weight of the name on their shoulders they got a target on their back man yep and everyone that fights him is gonna no matter if they are good or not is it's come a championship fuck- fight for the guy across the way man. every time yep yeah. you're the super bowl champ and that team's always gonna come you could be the team that's 0 and 16 and they're gonna come trying to fucking rip your head off they probably rested yeah. all their starters the week before just to come in there and beat you <laughs> You know, and that's yeah. exactly what these fighters, they're like, they're running the extra two miles at night to fight a Gracie. You know, they're doing the extra two rounds on the mitts. They're sparring the extra round, you know, to get that extra round. And they're working their wall get-ups. They're doing extra thing. Everything is yeah. extra because of that last name of the person they're fighting. And it's just, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. Like, Naaman to me is, Crone is actually phenomenal, you know. Yeah. Um, but the like you said, I agree with you. The two of them are just... The, the two best Gracies that are the active fighters right now, yeah. you know, and I, I just don't want to see them go out. He got hit with some nasty elbows. He looked yeah. exhausted after the first round. He's, you could tell, like, for me, I look at him, he, he's not a fighter. The reason why I say that is every moment he was, he's overly friendly. He's a nice, nice person. Shaking hands, like, in between rounds, you know, like, you know, walking back with his armor. like. I need that killer instinct, man. I need that. We're not yeah. friends. I want to let me crush you first. He's just a good person, you know. And it's it's hard. I think it's you this decipher between the two things. You can still be well, a good person and be a good fighter. Well, that, and it's the whole thing. Take a look at his his you know eldest brother. Take a look at Henzo, mm-hmm. and you know Henzo's as good a guy. You know yeah. how much we're talking with it. As good a guy as you'll find, but inside the cage, yeah, he's a nasty some bitch. He wants to kill you. You know, and you got to have that. You got to be able to turn it on. Yeah. You know? uh, yep. Fighters, we, we had, fighter, fighters right. are cut from a, a different cloth. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. you turn the switch and they turn it on. That's kind of how it so, goes. But go ahead, John. Cody Law <laughs> fought Kenny Champion. Cody Law is going to be good, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny because he's fighting fighting Kenny. Kenny Champion was fighting well in the stand-up game. Cody Law, giving shots, taking shots. Finally, used the wrestling that he has, you know, wrestled at Penn State and then became a D- Division II champion. From the point that he decided to take the fight down, it was over. Yeah. You know, it went to the next round and stuff, but right away, take it, take down. But that's, it, it's the kind of things that he needed. You know, he didn't finish that. He finished the fight with only like 15, 16 seconds left in the yeah. third round. But that's, that's a good fight for a young fighter like he is to have those rounds and have a guy and I'm going to give this to Kenny champion, dude, you are tough. Yeah. You know what? You have no quit in you. I will watch you anytime because man, you were in some terrible positions, taking some big shots and you never stopped. You never gave up. And you, you know, you, you're going to make a guy like Cody law someday be that championship guy because of the fights that you, you know, you gave him. So, Nice job. Yeah, I thought he fought well. <clears throat> Same thing with Grant Neal. Grant Neal has come a long way with just the oh, amount of time he, that he's he looks had. So much better. Yeah, 
so much better. I lo- and I loved his Bass Pro Shop with him. I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> the reason why I love it is because like when when you win, right? And you get like Chael says this all the time. When you win, you get the fucking mic. Make something of it. Fucking Call a. somebody out. Say what Dude. you want. Yell at your sponsors. Tell them I want more money. You know what I mean? Like, well, look what look what fucking Brock Lesnar did. I ain't drinking Bud Light. I'm gonna I drink don't drink Bud Light. I'm gonna Coors get out of Coors Light and grab my wife and do her. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's <laughs> jump on my wife. When you get that mic, you got to make it uh, well known. And so he went out there and did the best he could to get that uh, that sponsor. Hopefully he gets it. I like him. He's he's tough, man. Like I said, we talked a lot strong that night. Strong as hell, man. Yeah, he has that. He, run, he has strong. that running back, fullback body from a football. And he does exactly. He was a fullback, apparently. He got uh, the Lorenzo Neal look. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Maurice Jones yeah. drew and R- Lorenzo Neal. Yeah. That's it's funny. He's just a powerhouse, throwing some heavy leather. Stayed a lot more composed in this fight. Um, didn't gas out. He actually pushed hard through the whole thing. He looked phenomenal, man. He looked absolutely phenomenal. So good, good, um, good on him. Um, the yeah, the next <laughs> one. Jesus Christ! Dude. If you guys haven't seen this fight, go to the go to the Bellator page and look at look it up, or go to YouTube, whatever. Go to the Bellator website, check out this fight. Shamil Nakaya versus Kemran Lashinov, dude. Jeez. That was a fucking fight, man. That was you know just balls to the wall. I I will watch Kemran fight anytime. Yeah. That guy, first off, he's nuts. Yep. Second off, he's tough as hell. Third, he's really skilled. <clears throat> he's got a ton of skill. You know, and he has got no quit in him. He, he puts his hands down, swings for the fences. He had he lost the first two rounds. His coaches told him you lost the first two rounds because Nikayev had, you know, he was putting it on him with technical skill and Lashinov goes out in the third round, and Nikayev is dead. And Lashinov is throwing everything he can to get him out of that fight. Didn't happen, but man, what an effort by both guys. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. The third round was one of the most entertaining rounds I've seen ever. It was just funny to watch. It was fun to watch. No one could lift their hands. It was just no, when, no defense when the hands are down and the guy's like just moving his head back and forth and just <laughs> taking him on the chin the whole time and then like trying to like trying to laugh about it because he knows he can't lift his hands up to block his face. It was it was great. What a what a freaking fight, man! It was so good. And just I started laughing. I was like, man, because there was that was the main event of the prelims, and I was just thinking to myself, man, if you were watching this prelim fight, there's no doubt you're gonna watch the main card. <laughs> it was just awesome. <laughs> Great fights. If you guys haven't got a chance to see that fight, you guys got to go to the Bellator website or the YouTube channel and uh, check it out on there. It was that was, that, that was a rock'em, sock'em, uh, yes. Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin type fight. It was, it was good. Uh, my boy, man. My boy got his win. Boy, got he came his, through. He Romero, looked good. Romero Cotton looked good. <laughs> well, well, he fought Justin Sumter. And what I told what I told Romero was this, because I, I trained him a lot for this fight, just on the feet. Nothing to do with, obviously, I'm not going to teach him anything on wrestling. He can fucking wrestle. Um, but the, and the jiu-jitsu was on point. Ron Kessler from AKA did a good job with him. The thing with him on the feet is just staying relaxed, understanding that when the guy kicks, you don't need to overreact to try and catch it or, and just touch him and touch him and get in close for your body lock or your single leg or whatever you want to shoot. What I liked was that he, I told him, I said, look, there's the only thing I need you to be in is fucking shape. You get in shape. Your natural ability, because he, I like, I was talking about on the on the broadcast. He is a natural fighter. 
he is somebody that just he will get down. He will get down and he gets down in practice. Like some guys, they're not natural naturally a fighter, like we were saying with Hobson, right? Just naturally they're not a fighter. You know, and they don't Bob Cook and I talk, he's the real he's like one of the only natural fighters that we have at AKA right now. And so that he looked good. I don't know if you remember his first fight in Bellator. That was his first <laughs> professional fight. You remember it? Yes, I do. It's against a guy named Aaron Rodriguez. Uh-huh. And he was exhausted. And Aaron Rodriguez was a good fighter. I mean, both of them, it was their pro debuts. But Rodriguez had a better submission game. And you know, Romero had the better wrestling. But every time Romero would take him down, he was getting put into trouble. And he was exhausted yeah. in that fight. And if he, you know, again... You win, you learn. If he learned anything out of that, was be in shape because being exhausted is horrible. Yep, it hurts. Well, so I trained with uh, uh, with my boxing coach Rick Noble for a while for you know my last probably ten fights or so, and a lot of it was in the beginning of the camp when I first started working with Romero. Was a lot of it was shoulder conditioning, back conditioning, leg conditioning, footwork conditioning. So by the yeah. time you got into the fourth and fifth week, you weren't getting exhausted by throwing because your punch output in training should be 10 times more than what your punch output will be in the fight. Yep. And so I would just have him go and go and go. It was so funny because he's like, well, we don't do rounds. I'm like, no, I don't do rounds when I hold mitts. I just go until I see that you can't hold your shoulders up anymore. And then I go a little <laughs> bit further. You yeah. know, and then I then you just, then I'll give you a then I'll give you a minute rest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's we'll exactly what it is. So yeah. it's like you know, like when we first started working, he was only doing like six, seven minutes with me or eight minutes, and he was so tired he couldn't get his hands up. But, six, seven minutes of people are not hitting mitts. Yes, dude, your shoulders and yeah. arms. If you're if if they're really going, man, your, yeah, your shoulders and arms. I'm, are and I'm making them move. I'm making them work. Yeah. But then. By the time we got into week, the end of week two, into week three, he was doing 10, 12-minute rounds. And then I move him all the way up, and towards the end of the camp, he was doing, I was just doing like a 25-minute straight of just mitt holding. And sure, he was breathing heavy, and sure, he was taking little, like, kind of like, you know, take a couple extra breaths before he threw the combination. I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go. You got to push him a little more. But, like, that was kind of the way that I was kind of taught by Rick Noble. And same thing with Javier. Like, we didn't really do rounds. We just, it was until I realized you couldn't go anymore. I wasn't getting the same technique out of you you know, in the exhaustion, but you just got better and better and better. But you do the sol- the shoulder conditioning, the back conditioning, the leg conditioning with the footwork, the bands, all that stuff. And uh, over time, he got better. I do rope drills, you know, all that stuff, different types of rope stuff to work all different parts of the back and the shoulder. And as the camp went on, I just realized he was in a lot better shape. And I was kept telling him, as long as you're doing your running, all of this other shit will come easy. Because for young fighters, if you guys are at home listening to our show, the number one thing you need to do is be in shape because your brain will process everything a lot easier and faster if you're in shape. If you're exhausted and your corner's telling you something, you don't fucking hear a word they say. It's no different than if you're in training, right? And your coach is holding mitts for you and you're so tired. You don't care. He says left hook and he's like dig to the body and you're like just missing the body and throwing the left hook. It looks like shit and you're exhausted. You don't even really hear him. Get in shape. Your first two to three weeks of training should be getting in shape. Muscle conditioning, leg conditioning, running, getting your lungs open. And then as you get better into the camp, you will absorb a lot more knowledge. And it'll make it easier for you to be a, become a better fighter. That was the, one, of the big, was one of the biggest things that I think I learned um, from Bob Cook and Frank Shamrock and those guys and Javier was as long as you're in shape, your brain, your brain will process a lot more. You'll, be able, you'll become a more technical fighter because you'll be able to absorb all the knowledge they teach you. 
But I good think stuff. Every, I think everyone should know about Romero Cotton, though. Not not just the fact that uh, he's going to be a good fighter, mm. all right? But he's gone through a whole lot in his life. Yeah, a whole lot. He's he's a pretty special guy because you know. I have no problem with him. He went to jail, went to jail for beating somebody up, and that person needed it. Just going to say it straight out. They needed it. They did something to his mom, and they needed it. And he paid the price for it, got his life back, went back to school, graduated. Romero Cotton is a dynamite individual. Yeah, he is. So He's someone you can get behind. He's just fun. He's like, well, I, <laughs> our workouts are fun, man. He's a good guy. He's just pleasant to be around. He's a workhorse. He sets the times. He chasing, not that I need to be chased after to work with him, but someone that just says, hey, man, we on today, coach? You know, it's like five o'clock. Okay, be there, you know? Nope. And uh, you got to appreciate that. He's always on time. He always shows up right on time. <laughs> you know, I like to be a little bit early, you know, a minute or two early. He always shows up right on time, but at least he's on time. <laughs> he comes ready to work out and comes to train hard. So I appreciate that out of him. Great job, great performance. Uh, on yep. to the next one. You know, he was on the main card tonight, which is great for him. So good stuff. Um, Litton Vassell versus Ronnie man. Marks. I called it, man. Whoever ended up on top was going to win this fight. <laughs> you did call that. Thank man. you, thank you. I want to blow myself then, up a little it, bit. And it, no, it was. You know, we looked at it and it's like, but on top, Litton is every person I've ever seen. It. And it was, it was really uh, Neil Melanson was the guy that really started in with me telling me, hey, I'm telling you, this guy on top is a beast. He's hard to move. He's got great base and balance. He hits hard, strong as an ox. And it was one of the funny things because Ronnie Marks, he says, I don't think he's that strong. And I was like, did you get a picture of somebody else? Because Lynn Vassell looks like he's a brick shithouse. Yeah. I mean, he is a monster. He looks like, you know, I said, he looks like Uberim. You know, he is just freaking put together and everybody that's ever gone with him says man he's so strong but he looked great he was it was you know just quicker in getting in this into the top position from the scrambles it was ronnie that was initiating the takedowns he would actually on one of them he actually had it yeah and lost it off of not being quick on the scramble and linton just uh physically dominated him hurt him mounts him it was a great performance for linton that's too big you know, heavyweight wins in a row because he went from the light heavyweights. So he can do he can do some things at, at heavyweight. He's still going to have that. He's got to get past the guys that are the really good wrestlers. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Gion in person, Lynn Vassell is like a smaller version of Gion. Like, <laughs> like Gion is just, he's enormous, man. He's like just probably, a freaking monster. 275, like almost the Hulk. He's just a Filipino Hulk. Just ripped, just everyone knows yeah. that Filipinos are probably some of the biggest human beings. On yeah, Earth. they're definitely the biggest. This this one right here is the Which biggest. Is quite the opposite. Yeah, he's got muscle. He's got muscles on muscles. This guy, Gian. Um, no, like absolutely. Like, it really came down to the fact that he was just he was out hustling Ronnie Marks. I don't understand. Here's the one thing: Ronnie Marks had success on the stand up with the leg kicks. Yeah, he had knocked. Uh, they kind of wobbled Lynn Vassell in the very first round. I'm like, if you're having that type of success, he should have stayed with it. I know you don't want to stand too much with Lynn Vassell, but like he was, he looked like he was the faster fighter on the feet of the two. And now I don't know if he had the condition to go all three rounds on the feet, but he was forcing the clinch and the takedowns, and he didn't need to. I felt like because he was, he was landing some good stuff in the standup. He should have kept playing with it and playing with it until the takedown opened up. But he forced. I, the I agree with you. I thought his standup. He was actually. 
he was looking really good. And and yeah. you got to figure, look at Ronnie's been when he's been training at Extreme Couture, and the guys that he's been sparring with, he's you know if you're not used to getting hit hard by sparring with Francis Ngano, then you need to leave the yeah. sport. You know, he's he's being hit by guys that can hit as hard as anyone, if not harder. Tim Johnson's been doing really good, and he's got Ray Sua as a coach there and stuff. So, uh, I mean, just incredible. Did I say Ray Sua? <laughs> yes, Ray Sefu. <laughs> Ray Sua is a friend of mine oh, okay. from who used to be a kickboxer. Oh, so that's why I was like, yeah, Ray Sefo, excuse me. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's got good coaching. He's got Eric Nipsick there too. He was doing really good in the stand-up, yeah. and it was almost one of those ones you're going, don't try to take this fight to the ground. Don't force it. But like he forced the takedown so much, he, the takedowns ended up. He ended up forcing him so much, he put himself in a bad position yeah. both times. Yep. I'm like, what are you doing? I you agree. Didn't do that, and so it ended up costing him the fight. Once he got on bottom, he couldn't get up. Fucking yep. Limbo sells big, big asses on top. He just too big, too strong, too strong. Uh, okay, so before we talk about this next fight, I'm going to go ahead and say mybookie.ag, mybookie.com. Go to wait, hit the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you 50% more on your initial deposit. So if you deposit $500, they will give you $250. If you do $1,000, they will give you another $500. It's only good up to $1,000, and use the promo code Wayne in. And we thank you guys. Go ahead and go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. All right, so look, the, the most expected, I think, uh, anticipated fight, I should say, of the night was to see Margamed Margamed. At least for us. At least, yeah, it was for us. There was a lot of talk about it, though, as well. Getting yeah. him over. He was the, the champion, uh, Bantamweight champion at 135 or at ACB. And he's making his Bellator debut. He's the only guy that has a win over Peter Yan, who's the UFC champion at Bantamweight there. This kid is absolutely phenomenal. And he lived up to every expectation there was. And he fought Mathesis Matos. And Matos, it was fucking really good. He just had no answer for what Magomedov had. He had no idea how to undo Velcro. Yeah. Because he got Velcroed. (laughs) When Magomedov got a hold of him, he did everything he could to break the grips, to get in better positions. Just could not get Magomedov. And, you know, Matos came in there. I think he was listed at 5'5", 5'6". He was 5-3 at the end of that fight from the suplexes on top of the head. Dude, that yeah. one was awesome. Yeah, That one hurt. But I'll tell you what, Matos, he's super strong, super fast. He's super athletic. He's going to be trouble for everybody. You know, he just needs to figure out because he's going to end up fighting Magomedov again somewhere along the way. He's going to have to so. figure out how to stop what Magomedov does because he's just good everywhere. I don't know. These guys... Have these not guys. figured these guys have not figured out Khabib. How the hell? Like this guy is like very similar. He's a smaller Khabib. Yeah, he's a smaller Khabib. The way he dominated the position the whole time, I was like, wow, this isn't crazy. Although, if you guys watched the first ten seconds of this fight, <laughs> you're thinking, oh shit, Matos has got the win. He's got the win because he had the back. Remember, yep. uh, Matos or not, Margarito shot a single leg. And Matos swung behind, and got to the rear naked, just didn't have the other hook in. He wasn't able, wasn't able to get him over, but that choke was tight. And Margam yeah, and Margam, yeah, was able to kind of finally weasel out. But his face turned red, and that shit was in deep for a second. It was under the chin as well. I was like, oh man, he's gonna get if he gets him right now. How fucking crazy would this be? Insane. But then he got out of it. 
the rest of the fight was history, man. He just yeah. he he systematically dismantled Matos the whole fight. A Every, everything a he really did. Good fighter. You know what though? Let me just tell you the fight that I want to see: Patchy Mix and Magomedov. Ooh, I'm talking submission wise, boy, and the size and the length and the reach and the transitions and oh, that first three rounds gonna be mad. That first two rounds, three rounds, oh, just. Patchy Mix can be all over him. He cannot make one mistake. I don't know if Patchy can be able to. If Patchy gets to a position that Matos was in, he's finishing that. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that one little mistake would have that's cost him one, the fight yeah. quick. You know, and as the fight goes on, it's gonna be harder for Patchy to get to it. Obviously, of course. But just that, I think in that first round, first round and a half is gonna be very dangerous for Magomedov. That's yeah, a good I, fight I, to put on. Just but. now. With what has been signed, the 135 pound, you know, division, the bantamweights in Bellator, they're good now. They're the best in the world. Holy I, shit! I'm not saying all of them are, ones. but I'm saying if we were to put that bracket against ones in the UFCs, I would say that we'd probably win 60 to 7 percent of the fights. It's they're good. good. Don't get me wrong; the guys in the UFC are phenomenal. I just the talent that we've just recently signed is, and the ones that we have also with Juan and with Patchy and. Pettis and those guys like we've got like Pettis coming into his own now knowing that he's going to stay at one at 135 I think uh there's a lot of guys in that division right now that can do some work so I'd love I mean it's gonna be fun I know if if they if Coker does do a 135 pound world grand prix tournament I'm like hello this is gonna be fun this is gonna be fun this is gonna be fun uh the main event talk to me I think Alima Lam McFarlane, we didn't see the best of her. I don't think so either. And I think if we were to see the best of her, it would have been a closer fight. It was still a close fight, but it, it wasn't as close as the cards made it out to be. I thought, no. yeah, it, th- there was never, Alima did, she did some good stuff in the in the fourth and the fifth. The fifth round was extremely close, even though the judges gave it to her, I think. And one judge, or two judges did, one judge didn't, correct? No. One judge gave her the fifth. I thought two judges did. One gave her the. Yeah, I think it was two judges gave her the fifth. Okay, maybe they and, did. Yeah, and then the other judge had. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I had I just Alimalei felt like in the beginning that she didn't believe in herself, which is strange because she seems like a very confident person in herself. In this fight, I didn't. I didn't get the same feeling. Now I don't know if it's because she didn't fight in Hawaii or she didn't have the crowd. I feel like her best performances are when she's fighting in her home state in Hawaii oh, yeah. and the crowd is behind her. She feeds off the energy. When she fought her first fight against uh, Valerie Laterna. Laterna? You got it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say Lareda. God, I hate the fact that we have two <laughs> girls that with like, a similar last name and the same same first name. Anyways, um, she came out crying. After yeah. they did the walkouts. And I'm like, this is not good. Well, that's not good. That's yeah. not good. Same and she thing. went out there and had the performance of her life. Yep. And I'm like, she feeds off this shit. She's a fucking stone cold killer. This girl can do it. This fight didn't have that feel. The week we did the fighter interviews. We did the the vibe, the feeling, the comments in the media that she had talked about. It just didn't yeah. feel like in the COVID situation. She had struggled with all that. Liz Carmouche is not training with her anymore. Liz Carmouche would have been a perfect training partner for her for this fight. And it just wasn't there. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. I didn't, like, she started late. She didn't really get anything going until the fourth. 
She almost felt like she didn't believe in herself, John. No, there was you know, the lunging uh, attacks. You know, she was offensively, you know, trying to run herself into, you know, into that. It it looked like someone that wasn't confident in being able to slide their feet the right way to give themselves power and to cut an angle and to do things the way you'd want to see someone do it in stand-up. I honestly think, you know, it's like anything. I always say it's it's always tough to be the champion because you've got that target on your back and everyone's shooting at the target. And then, you know, it's you, you don't get that. You don't get that where you have that target. That's someone I want to fight. Very rarely because everything is put towards you based upon who's winning and stuff. And it could be someone you like, you know, it could be someone you dislike and you might want to fight them and stuff. But it's tough to be the champ. Now, there's a lot of good things that come with being the champ. There's a ton of good things. But eventually, you start to forget those things and say, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm, t- I'm tired of the commitments. I'm tired of everyone, you know, wanting, you know, saying things about me. And I, I'm tired of having to be the, you know, the face of the promotion to a point because I'm one of the champions and, and go through these things. It can get old. And I think eventually you start to lose that just that little edge that tells you, you know what? I need to go out and perform. I need to go out and do this. Now, I think when Alimale was in Hawaii, she didn't have a choice. That was, she could not fail in front of her state, in front of her people that she grew up around. It just wasn't even a thought. But once she got past that, and then there was COVID and there's no fans, I think in the end she almost had put it in her in her head. It's okay. If I lose, it's okay. And that and that's there's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah. But to believe it, no, as the fighter, you don't believe that it's okay. Yeah. You gotta believe that, hey, I gotta go out there and bury this person. I gotta do whatever it takes to come out on top. And if I want to stop fighting after that, great. But it's not okay. Yeah, I think I think COVID really changed her perspective on things. It might have. I think might it have did been that. because she just she was not around like the the the, the daily regimen of going to the gym, training, being around friends, having fun training. When you go there now, there's like only one or two people or three or four people or and she said basically up until like July she had not stepped into the gym. So we from March to July, she was just at her house, not really doing a whole lot. And so yeah, she said she went up to 162 pounds. That's yeah. Fighting at 125. Fighting at 125. That's crazy. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. A lot and of weight she put on there. When you show up in July and you're trying to, you're struggling, trying to get through rounds and then your confidence starts to die from there because you're getting beat up by people probably or getting, or not, not even so much getting beat up, but the people you were smashing before yeah, you're struggling. Now with. you're struggling with. And that's that's not a fair take on who you are as a fighter, but mentally it fucks with you. No, but it's one of the things that we talk about all the time is, you know, fighters today are different than fighters of the past. Football players of today are different than football players of the past. You know, people are training all the time. You're a professional. And you can't give up those five, six months of, I'm just not going to do anything. That's five or six months that someone is gaining on you. Yeah. If you're doing nothing, you're going backwards. Yeah. They're gaining. You've got, you know, it's, you can't,
can't have those times. And yeah, with the COVID, it was weird and stuff. But you still, you know, I know I know that she put together a gym at her in her garage and stuff. And how many how many fighters do you know have done that? Yeah, a bunch. And that's the right thing to do. But you got to use it. That's the hard part. It you is. go out there, your garage not it always is. Air, you know, your sucks. garage isn't always heated. Nope. It's not always air conditioned. And you're thinking yeah. to yourself, this sucks. And you gotta grab you have to have a friend that comes over and wants to train too. As and hard as you want to train. And that's part of the problem is you know, the gym itself for fighters, you know, that's that's part of the whole thing of being the fighter. It's that camaraderie that you have with those people in that gym that are the fighters that you all train together and stuff. That's what you live for. That's the fun part. You know, and when it's gone, mm-hmm. training is just like, eh, I've, I've done this before. But it's also like when you walk into a gym, you're turning on that switch saying it's work yeah. time. It's time to go yeah. to work. Yeah. You know, and when you walk out, okay, work's done. It's it's that feeling, even though the camaraderie's there with the, the people and everything like that, but then all those other people are on the same page with you. You know, it's like you want to surround yourself with people that have the same goals. And then those people aren't there anymore. And you're, you're like, you're in there with people that just want to be in there because they want to be there with training with you, but they're not really the fighters that you need to get better or the people that have the iron sharp and iron thing. There's, those aren't there. They aren't there. They're at home with, you know, being safe, <laughs> you know, not getting ready for a fight. And so I felt I got a little bit of that vibe from her is that things had changed during that off, uh, that off time from COVID, not just because there was no one to train with, but. You know, one of her main training partners used to be Liz Carmouche. And they had talked about since she signed with Bellator that she pretty much wouldn't train. They really wouldn't train a whole lot together anymore. They still see each other. Yeah, but they still see each other. They still, but you're losing somebody who could have helped you a lot in this fight. That's a shitty situation to be in. It's like, damn it, Liz, could you have not waited till after this fight? (laughs) But, you know, so it was kind of that feeling feeling and that vibe. I got a little bit of that from her. And I, th- I think here, I think another thing as well is that she let it, like, the fight is done. And then yeah. moving forward, she'll have to get that fire back. And I think this is yeah. like that load off her. She was undefeated. She'd been yep. the champion basically for the last, what, five fights? Yeah. Five this was fights. Her fifth, this was her fifth fight as champion. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that load's been lifted off. I have nothing now. I just, okay, now I can just go to the gym, train. And every time I step in the cage, just do what I got to do. Nothing. There's no pressure on me anymore. Okay. Not every time I jump in the in, in, in training and sparring, this guy got to spar five rounds, three yep. rounds. The pressure's off. I've already gone five rounds a bunch of times. I know what I'm doing. I got this. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> that that five, that confidence. And I, I think I think the pressure's off. Let's see what happens. I think and, the pressure's off, but you know what? The fire can come back. Yeah. Real fast. I think it will. And I think I honestly think Malay has got that fire. Yeah. She's she's that personality, you know. She's a sweetheart of a of a girl, but she's got a fiery personality, and I think she's gonna look back and go, you know what? I could have won that fight. Yeah, no, for sure. I I let someone I let someone get a win against me that I could have kept that from happening. Yeah, and so I'm gonna go prove to that person that yeah, I could beat you. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's what'll happen. But it was a good fight, you know. It was a uh, I, it was funny. I, we got the tweet. Uh, Josh Gross, who has been an MMA reporter for a long time, he's sitting there saying stuff about the fight. You know, I was completely wrong in the scoring of the fight, but I don't think I was because I was right with the judges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right. So what was some other news that we could talk about real quick? Dana White throwing shade at Bellator. He says that oh. there are other much better promotions all over the world. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Dana is a little upset that Anthony Johnson uh, yeah. they decided to go with us. No, Dana, Dana made him go with us. Oh, that's what he said. That's, by, that's what I heard. That's what I heard, too. I heard that he <laughs> suggested that, you know. But this is this is the other thing. This goes right back to what we were talking about with the older fighters being let go. AJ requests a big dollar amount. Yes. You're not going to get it from them it right now. They don't want to yeah. give it to him. He's 30. He'll be, he is 36, I think, now. Yep. No, yep. we're not going to do it. Yep. So that just adds to the fact that now we have Corey Anderson. We've got AJ. We've got Nemkov. We've got, you know, whoever else is in that division, man. It's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch. Phil Davis. Phil Davis you know, and Glicus. And Glicus. And, oh, and you, and you got two other, guys, two other guys that were just signed that are killers. So it's a it's a tough division. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna There's be a lot fun. of good fights. As far as him throwing shade, that's his job. He's the that's, I, that, okay, that's the whole thing. It's like it, it cracks me up when people say, "Well, well Dana said Dana's the promoter yeah. of the UFC. That is the biggest promotion." And any time that he can sit there and say something that he think will do a dig towards a competitor he's gonna do it and that's that's his job does it you know does it bother me no it's the same how many times has dana white been caught in lies you know how many do you want but everyone's like well dana said it he lies a lot okay that's kind of his job no here's okay. the here's the thing i think that this last four months or whatever Bellator's been putting on good cards with young talent. And the media is now starting to realize that we've gotten away from the old people fights. We've developed our own young talent with good fights. And they're seeing a rise in the younger talent in our in our promotion in Bellator. And so the media is now asking him things like this. And it's I think he's realizing the same thing. That they are realizing that there are good fighters in the Bellator as well as in one and other promotions, I, and they're bringing it up to him, like, yeah. "Hey, what's going but there, on?" But there, Josh, there are good fighters, and I, I've said this for how long? Everywhere, everywhere, and I can name promotions, you know, that have really good fighters. You know, it's that they're all over. You know, the UFC has some good fighters. They have some fighters that that are really not that good. Yeah. Okay, and that's okay. I understand why they have some of them. I'm not going to sit here and start naming people, but KSW, it's got some really shitty fighters and some really good fighters. Mm -hmm. Cage Warriors puts on some fights with some really good fighters. One puts on fight. ACA, I mean, there's so many good fights out there. Brave puts on good fights. You know, it's there's a ton of promotions, well, and there's shit. a ton of good fighters. We just got... um. <sighs> From the LFA, is it RFA? It's LFA. No, LFA. That's well, LFA. Uh, you got to figure LFA is you know by um, Eddie Suarez, <coughs> and Eddie Suarez has done a great job. It used to be Mick Maynard was they they put the two RFA LFA together, kind of renamed it. But the LFA is a great feeder, and they uh, the UFC uses them as a feeder towards them. We got Jaleel Willis, that's what I was who had a say. great fight, you know, and we've phenomenal. had oh. He's good, and there's gonna be there's a ton more, and and all these young guys out there, they're good. 
You know, there's some killers out there, and they, the LFA puts on really good fights. They put them on between guys that they know we're not going to be able to keep this guy. This guy's going to go to a higher level. They're yeah. going to go to a Bellator. They're going to go to a UFC. And they're happy to be that feeder program that that's you know basically highlights the up and coming talent. And they've got some great fights. Yeah, they got some good. Jalil Willis is phenomenal. I mean, he, he's and good. He's somebody they can fight at fifty five, and he can fight at seventy. I mean, he should he, stay at seventy. You think so? Yep, I do. I, I think I think he's got to lose too much weight to get. To I want to see that Patricky fight though. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to see. Now uh, after you watched him, because yeah. I told you, yeah, I said, "Hey man, let me tell you something. This is a this is a fight. Jalil can fight. Now oh. you saw him at one seventy. You go, yep, he can fight. I want to see. I want to know how the hell he makes one fifty five. He's fucking enormous. I told you. That's why I said I, I don't Jesus. think it's a good good weight yeah. class for him. He's yeah. got to lose too much. Huh. Yeah, he looked good. He yeah. phenomenal. Uh, give me something else. Islam versus uh, Drew Dober targeted for UFC. Yeah, I saw that. I'm a little disappointed, but I mean, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good fight. I'm just a little disappointed. I want a bigger name. That's all. That's all. I, I, I'm a little disappointed. I want to see him fight a Kevin Lee or uh, pull up the weight classes again for me. The 155 UFC. Islam's going to look huge against Drew. He is, but Drew yep. is a gamer and someone that like, oh, rushes no. in and can get after it. That Well, Drew, Drew's got super heavy legs. Big heavy leg kicks. He's got good, you know, his wrestling is good. It's mm -hmm. not at Islam's level. Yeah. Just different. He's got really good stand-up. He's a tough dude. It's just, I, I look at that and it's like, Islam actually at this point should be fighting. Uh, this is, I look at it this way. It's a great name for Drew Dober to try to get a winning. Yeah, it is. It's not for Islam in reverse that's what it kind of surprises me that's why I, the, the, the objective was to get him up higher you would have thought rankings, you would think right but i don't know i don't know what's going on man i thought i knew but i don't know so mm -hmm. i just know that they are all coming out to vegas in january so we'll see we'll see i'm supposed to go out there and meet up with them in, in vegas in january i think probably for the connor uh fight they'll be out there Anyways. Connor fight. Connor fights in Abu Dhabi. Sorry. Dhabi. <laughs> whatever fight, whatever fight. They're going to Vegas in January for some reason. Anyways, we'll figure it out. That's right. It is in Abu Dhabi, huh? Yeah. They're talking about having fans, by the way. Yes, they are. They're talking about having fans. Well, the United Arab Emirates has been giving vaccines. In fact, you know people that have been getting them. Javier Mendez. He's yeah, got two maybe. doses of it. Two doses. He's COVID free. You're fucking so, crazy. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, if they can do it, great. You know, and again, that's what, you know, when the UFC is looking at having Connor on a card, they need to have butts in the seats because it helps pay for Connor to fight. They need to have sheiks in the seat to help pay for Connor's fight. It's okay to have sheiks in the seats. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Javier getting the vaccine. He got it twice. I was like, I'm supposed to get it twice. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I don't know, man. He's just ahead of schedule for He's me. He's going to have That's a third eye it's... growing here pretty soon. <laughs> it's when the horn starts coming out. Yeah. Not Look, uh, I'm, I'm, I may get it down the road, but I ain't getting it for the at least for the first 10 batches that come out. <laughs> like, it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a little bit. 
Um, give it, give it to everybody else. First. Yeah, yeah. Let me see how it all turns out first. I read like, something. You, you don't like being a lab rat? No, I, I read, <laughs> I read something that in Australia they had a couple batches of them. Whatever came out giving false positives for HIV. There was a, there was a, Ooh. yeah, New York Times article on it talking about how they people were getting false positive tests for HIV from getting the, from taking the vaccine. I mean, a false positive. At least it's false positive. <laughs> That's a little scary, man, when you start thinking about shit like that. Well, it's a lot to explain. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> the problem. Give me something else. My twin brother, Paulo Costa versus Whitaker, <laughs> targeted for March. <laughs> My twin brother. Holy shit. That's funny. He wants to do he wants to fight what? Uh Whitaker, targeted for March. Oh, him and Whitaker for March. Yeah. Good fight. Good fight. Whitaker's good. Whitaker's looked really good. Technically, they haven't fought yet, obviously. No. 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 no, no. no Whitaker's last last fight was against uh, Jared Cannonier, and before that, it was Darren Till. Yeah. 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 I think. Um, oh, I don't know if Paul Costa shows up like he did against Izzy. Not a good situation. <laughs> but I think Whitaker's good. He's just technically he's pretty good. He's very sound. He's got. He's really coming to his own in terms of his confidence and doing what he does well he does well at stuff and takedowns and and just getting in your grill making you fight he's a stud how do you think that fight goes if they fought right now Whitaker I have to agree I have to agree coming off a loss too for Paulo so it's it's his first loss too so let's see how he reacts to losing you know that might be a load off of his his shoulders as well and he's always fought reckless though up until his last fight zero fucks got something else uh, Vitor Belfort open a fight UL Romero in one FC. Don't care. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. No, no one wants. To, I mean, like, not that no one wants to see it, but I don't think that's a good fight for him either, though. Like, UL just is. Joel was forty four, but like John said, he's thirty two. Yeah. He's, you know, Vitor, he's forty something, but he's probably like fifty five. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, his body is not held up at all. You know, he just physically does not look like, I mean, he's not, he, I mean, he, maybe he'll be a little bit more sciencely induced, but it's just not. Oh, what, what do you mean? Maybe. Yeah. There you go. Come on. So, but then again, if it'll be fight, TRT V tour. Yeah. But if, if <laughs> you may see Yoel over there being TRT too, then <laughs> Yoel remember, Yoel's never had to do it. Uh, no, I just, no, I know he doesn't that have is to. He's a genetic freak, man. He doesn't, ha- I know he doesn't have to. I'm saying he doesn't have to. But if he did, can you imagine how much fucking. Oh more? my God. Jeez. Anyway. He would turn green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hulk out. Anything else? John's getting tired. Let's wrap this up. Uh, John Jones. Also, wait, hold it. Hold it. Let's see. It's 3.30. 3.32, baby. 3.32 in the morning on the East Coast. And <laughs> let's go, John. Hurry up one more. All right. John, good. John Jones plans to shoot double legs against quote unquote intimidating heavyweights. Of course, he'd be stupid not to. Uh, you think he wants to get into a slugging match with a Francis Ngannou? As much as I, as much as I like to rag on John, John's got a John's very high fight IQ. He's a very yeah. smart fighter. Not not only really high, one of the best. Yes, let's just be honest. Yep. The guy understands how to fight. He understands exactly what he needs to do. He he changes on the fly really well. He's, he's tough as nails too. Like there's no question. He's tough, man. You know, the fights that he's been in where it's been a knockdown drag out, like with Gus, there was never a moment where he was like thinking about giving up. The, the, nope. the look on his face was never like, ah, 
You know, and he, he also the fights where he was out doing coke two days before, three a week before, whatever. He still went in there and fucking fought his ass off. Can you imagine how good? Like he's like to think you were partying three weeks before the fight, oh. and still went out there and put on a fucking performance like the pisses way he did. you off. Doesn't Come on, it does. It does. <laughs> I actually had to. I actually had to really get after it to be anywhere near as good. Uh, what, what, what? Give me a list of what you have left. Triple C calling out uh, Jake Paul. No, don't care. Next one. Oh my god. Um, Vittori calling out Darren Till. That's gonna be a good fight if it does happen. But I'll we'll talk about it when it happens if it ever does. Next one. Vittori says he will be Adesanya's nightmare until he the day he retires. Not true. Next one. <laughs> Vittori. <laughs> will, Vittori. Who said that? Vittori. Oh. Damn, He's good. Well, Vittori's I don't good. Know about nightmare. No, Vittori's good. But let's let's see you fight Paul Acosta. Or let's see you fight Whitaker first, and then we'll come out of this conversation. Well, he already fought Adesanya. Oh, Vittori did. Yeah, it was a split decision. Uh, it was what, it's his a good first fight. fight in the UFC, right? Uh, I don't know if it was his first fight in the UFC, but it was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a different fighter now? You think so? Is Vittori though? So is yes. Vittori. He looked like, Vittori looked great. In that fight, you know, I'm not saying Adesanya. I'm saying his last fight here mm -hmm. uh, against Hermanson. He looked great. That yeah. was a great, great effort. But Izzy's gotten way better. Yeah, way better. Yeah, just it's gonna take gotten a lot way to more confidence. Way more confidence and on the feet, stuff in the takedowns, all that stuff. Yep. What else? Francis and Gunn is struggling to stay motivated motivated during long. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. He's been getting fucking rag run through. Poor He's guy. been getting fucked. Yeah. They're just yeah. eating up his fucking prime right now. That, yep. That's that's what's holding up the fucking heavyweight division. This this was my complaint for the longest time. DC held it up for a little bit. Stipe held it up for a little bit. They've been they've been fucking him. And I feel bad yep. because it's it's like I understand why DC did it because he wanted the Brock fight. I understand why Stepe did it. Stepe, Stepe, Stepe did it for because <laughs> of his eye, because of his eye, and trying to get healthy for the next fight with DC. Shit thing is, the poor guy who was the most exciting heavyweight in the division is fucking been sitting on the sideline. Yep. So it's it's shitty because he's thirty, I think thirty one or thirty years old now, or thirty one, I think. And oh, he's more than that. This is his prime. This is her his. What's prime his age? Years. What's his age now? Can you look up his age? Uh, who's uh, age? Did you not hear any of that? <laughs> oh, I was looking for Inganu. Oh, Inganu. Jesus, oh, man. Dave cannot get back soon enough. <laughs> I never thought I'd say it. Come on, Gian, get together. <sighs> he's funny. 34. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I thought. There's see? no way he's 34. Jeez, yes, he is. That's Jeez. what I thought. That's when he said that. No, no. Wow, I thought he was 31. Damn. Mm. Wow. All right, guys. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this up. Go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you 50% of your initial deposit for the first time, all the way up to $1,000. You deposit Which you, I want you to think about this. I'm, I'm going to go through stuff. Uh, Charles Oliveira was the underdog wow. against Tony Ferguson. So you would have won money there. Freaking Moreno, you wouldn't have won anything or. Figueredo because it became a draw unless you called the draw. And if you go to the Bellator show, I think that they definitely had um, Magomedov as the favorite and they had Velasquez as the favorite yep. over the champ in Alina McFarland. So they're, they were, they were calling them pretty good. 
Yeah, I don't like that they're starting to call the Bellator fights better. I know, man. It's, it's hard for me to bet on it. It wouldn't matter. I lost <laughs> I lost all my money last week. I fucking bet it all. I lost the house. It's all good. Yeah. I'll also, give you more money. Yeah. Pro Wrestling, go to ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Wayne in. Use the promo code FIGHT. Get a 20% off on the shirts. We have a bunch of new shirts up. Well, actually, one more new shirt up. But we got a bunch of different colors up as well. So go ahead and hit those up. The logo tee, the new uh, Terminator one as well. We've got the Karate Kid one. John is the uh, Mr. Miyagi. And, of course, I am the... Uh, Why am I the old guy? Because you are the oh, old guy. Oh, because I'm the old guy. <laughs> got old it. Guy. I, I get it. So use the promo code FIGHT. Get another 20% off until New Year's. So, hey, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. It is 3.30 in the morning for John. So I want you guys to appreciate the fact that he is still awake. That's because I'm the OFG, baby. <laughs> The old fucking guy. He is the old fucking guy. And uh, Gian, for being up until 1230. It's been past his bedtime since like, God I don't bless know, you, Gian. Surprise your mom lets you out of the house this late. And um, I want you guys to understand that we appreciate you guys and continue to share our videos. Also, go to our audio platforms. We're everywhere on the audio platforms: Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all those things. Okay, iTunes. Hit the hit the subscribe button as well on there, as well as the YouTube and hit the thumbs up that shares our videos so you'll see more of our videos distributed out like you see the dc and ariel and all the other shows that people want to try to compete with us we know we're the best mma podcast john knows we are you guys know we are please share our videos we like to brag about the fact that you guys share our videos and pisses all those other ones off (laughs) so (laughs) we love that you guys support us and thank you for all the comments i hope you guys enjoyed the packy chip challenge and if you guys haven't seen it go and check out that video and share that video so you guys can all make fun of me Okay, and fun. if you have something that you think would be a good challenge for Josh and I, tell us. If it's a real good one, we'll do it. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, um, everyone. all right, well, John has, usually has one more thing to say. The last thing I have to say is see you later. 